Hey, what's going on? It's Bill Burr, and it's time for the Thursday afternoon, just before Friday, Monday morning podcast. And I'm just checking in on you. Just checking to see how your week's doing. Usually it's just me checking in on you, but occasionally I'll have a guest, someone I just can't resist. You know, I used to live out in Massachusetts. I used to be a real person. Then I came out to Hollywood and I became a big phony. And I got to know all kinds of celebrities. And one of my favorite celebrities... <laughs> that, I, that I've gotten to work with is the one and only Nick Crow, who has a stand-up special called Little Big Man, Little Big, Little Boy. Big Boy, Little, Little Big, Big Boy. Boy, and his animated series, wildly successful on Netflix, comes out at the end of this month, Big Mouth, and he is here to promote both of those because this man has more irons in the fire than a fucking cowboy in the 1800s. <laughs> How are you, sir? And I'm good. I'm 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 proud to be thought of as one of your favorite Hollywood phony friends. So yeah. thrilled to be here. You True. used to just be one of my Hollywood friends. Then you got a pool, and that's when you upgraded <laughs> to Hollywood. You got to have a pool. Got to be never in it, and you got to yeah. be on the phone screaming at somebody. <laughs> Truly, I am never in my pool. I feel as though I've become allergic to my pool. So as a true, now I've, I'm fully now one of your Hollywood phony neurotic Jewish uh, friends. He cannot put himself Who in wants the-, the world to feel bad for him because he doesn't have time for his big Hollywood pool. Right. <laughs> because he's so busy promoting all of his successful yeah. projects. So relatable. Just trying to find a way to be relatable, Bill. Can you agree? Yeah, trying to get Joe Sixpack here. So tell me, uh, where did you shoot your special? The Warner Theater in D.C. Uh, right. you, you know it. I'm sure you've Yeah, been. I shot a special. How do you like those? Those crowds are like, like on the left and the right are really conservative because I feel like everybody there is uh, in the business. In the, the yes, D.C. another industry town. Um, but this one, they really fuck you. You know what I mean? Um, I like DC. I saved DC for that part. I saved DC for the tour because I do find them to be a smart audience as opposed to LA or New York. And Boston's the same way. And I'm playing Fenway in a week. I'd like to promote that as well. I'm doing three nights. I don't know how many you did. Nice. Oh, you couldn't even just say two. You got to say three. Yeah, I'm doing three. So, um, but I, I like DC. They're smart, like, but they're not like over it like New York and LA. You know what I mean? They're still excited that you're coming through. Uh, that theater is beautiful. It's got, you know, it's kind of grand in, in how it looks. And so I had been waiting for the whole tour, which got kind of broken up in the middle of the pandemic to to go do it. It was great. It was really fun. It was you know, if, if you want, wanna... yeah, it's nerve wracking. And yeah. you have it done, and then you just walk around. Anybody you see, like, was that good? Was that good? Was it good? Homeless guy on the way back to the hotel. Did you yeah. see it? Did you hear yeah. it? Did homeless it guy's like, he, the homeless guy's like, you got it. It's in got there. It. It's in there somewhere. You got it on the first one. Yeah. Now you just have fun. Now you just have fun on the That's second what they said, every one of them. That was great. That was great. Perfect. We got it. Now just yeah. go out there and have fun. In other yeah. words, you were tight as a drum. <laughs> loosen the fuck up before we all lose six figures on this piece of shit. <laughs> um Bingo. speaking of just saying you know you're saying new york new york and la is over it i think this whole country is over it anytime i watch uh concert footage of one of my favorite bands when they're in like south america mm-hmm. i just saw uh some clip of guns and roses and they were playing welcome to the jungle and they're just playing the beginning doing eighty thousand people in unison were jumping up and down screaming 
and then screaming all of the lyrics. And I remember I was just looking at that going like these bands, when they once they tour South America, they must come back to America, this country and just be like this fucking this is this feels like a church meeting. <laughs> it's true. I think I mean, it's I mean, it's the cameras. It's it's so much of it is the cameras. I think they just immediately like Guns and Roses and then everyone just is like, you know what I mean? They're just filming. Right. It. They've lost all sense of it. Uh and I and I've seen a couple, especially bands like that. You go to South America, they love heavy metal. Like they just are. I mean, I, Guns N' Roses not being heavy metal, but like they still think like that rock. I mean, that's like the center of their. You know, like Sepultura can still play like eighty thousand seaters. Right. Yeah, but dude, in the eighties when I would go to concerts, you know, we went nuts. We didn't go like that. No, I mean, maybe maybe like the encore. But ACDC would have to be shooting off cannons. And even then, we're just like, yeah, broken rocks, do some drugs, far out, you know? We weren't like... like the entire concert. audience going, yeah. yeah. Do you remember your first concert? What was your first concert? Uh, Judas Priest with Dawkins open up on go. the uh, Fuel for Life tour. There you go. Mr. Central. I, I saw the real original Judas Priest, the guy who created the thing to plant... Uh, to plant uh uh seeds in the ground i went and saw him speak uh i never thought how was that it was great it was really informative i learned a lot about uh, biblical cultivation nick i miss hanging out with you man i haven't seen you all right we're jumping back in now okay we're back in all I right miss, so wait, 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 wait 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 we, we, we just we just cut out because i always like cut out shit if it's too much personal information and mm -hmm. i've gotten that from there was something on netflix called uh don't fuck with cats. Did you see that? Yes. Yeah, yeah. and they all they had was they caught this serial killer because he was torturing these cats to death. They didn't know he was a serial killer. And all they had was like just a, a little like bed and like some beige wall. And from the, the, the bed sheets and all of that stuff, they were able to figure out what city, the building, and they ended up finding the guy. And uh, not before, you know, he killed some people, but... <laughs> Yes, they still More importantly, he killed cats, Bill. I'm not into that, man. You're not into you're not into kill. I feel like you're a dog guy. Do you have any sense of humor when people kill animals in like programming? When in programming? <laughs> you know, oh, like there's a funny you, way to kill anything. You just go over the top with it. But actually to do it. I'm not in like I wouldn't I would I don't want to see anything suffocated unless it's the person that would go around suffocating something. Then you then like a boa constrictor or serial killers. I don't mind seeing those things suffocated, but uh I am a uh as much as I am a carnivore, I do love animals. Yeah. You know? But there are there are some that I could kill, I think. Yeah. Have you have you watched that video of a of a snake trying to swallow a goat? Like watching a goat, like a snake, like literally hold a, an entire goat inside of its body and figure out how to process it. Was it trying to get its picture on the wall <laughs> <laughs> at the reptile restaurant? I did. Got yes. <laughs> I didn't know you watch shit like that's the kind of dumb shit I would watch. Oh my I watched God. a guy one time. It was so bad. He he got one. Of, he imported some fucking snake. Mm -hmm. I don't know what part of the web he was on. <laughs> but he, he got like some anaconda or some shit and he he put a goat in the cage with it and the goat had no idea what it was so it walked up and sniffed it and this thing just grabbed it 
and choked it. And the guy was going like, oh, well, watch its leg. Watch its leg right here. This is when it's close to the end. And I was like, this is the darkest shit. <laughs> that and a guy fed a chick to a snake. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Slowly yeah. going down as it was going. Twee! Oh, <laughs> like from inside the snake's mouth. You could still yeah, it was. Like, yeah, and I was just like, I'm done with this. So that's what you're jerking off to these days? Well, you know, you, your tolerance goes up after a while. Yeah, you got to keep raising the stakes and find that limit. That's what it's like. What Arnold used to say: every movie has to be bigger. The explosions (laughs) have to be louder. There has to be more helicopters. There must be more. There must be more chips. Chicks being eaten by snakes. Yeah, I would vote for Arnold right now if he ran for president. I would vote for Arnold. I think he's better than the other two options. I love how CNN acts like they hate Trump while they actively promote this guy like they work for his social media team. They can't wait for him to come back so they can spend four years with their feet up going like, hey, can you believe this guy? I mean, what's he going to do now? Every day is like an easy news day. I have no interest in him. I, I watched him so infrequently for the years that he was president. Like, I, I, I didn't engage with any clips i don't watch the news i can't watch the news i just i have five minutes i'm like i'm bored i hate it i don't want to think i've watched a presidential speech since bill clinton yeah once i found out he was lying and i just watched him going when he was going like i did not have (laughs) said and he he put his hand like that so he was like trying to like wow okay you're like i'm in now i mean i would i i watched obama i love I i i loved obama he made, I love Obama. <clears throat> I love him. Um, he made me fall asleep every speech. Not because I would think I was bored by him, but he I found him so comforting. I just found it very comforting hearing him speak. And it the way he me- spoke, he's like, yes. He sounded like Jackie Mason doing the art bark. No, Jackie Mason was. When I saw that he died, I he was born in this country. Like he was born in Ohio. How is that? How is Jackie Mason? How does that voice talk like this? Like, how is it possible that that man was born? Because that's like, how ethnic everything was. He was probably his his parents were probably right off the boat. Mm-hmm. I was talking to somebody the other day where where did all the great ethnic names like the Kowalskis? It was all there was always like you know ten mm-hmm. skis, right? The Polish kids, all the you know, the Italian kids, all the Irish kids, and all that, and then somehow we all banged each other. Yes, and everybody got rid of the last names because of all the hey, how many Italian guys does it take to change the light bulb? <laughs> Everybody's like, let's get rid of all of this. It's true. I, there's a there's a documentary and a book about this woman, Vivian Meyer, who was a, a nanny in the 40s and 50s, but she was also a street photographer. And so she would take care of her kids, but she would just take these like secret portraits of people on the street. And it's all pictures of people in the Midwest, Milwaukee, Chicago, all those cities in like the 40s, 50s and 60s. And you see their faces of the people walking around Chicago. And the same thing, you're like, that is a Polish face. That is an Irish face. That is a like a Yugoslavian face. Like it was before even the white people had started to mix. You know what I mean? Like I look at you and I, and we're like, I don't know about you. I assume like, this is just, this is 130% Jewish. This is like 190% 
Eastern European Jew. Like, I'm assuming, are you all Irish? Or it is like, you're like, oh, no. no I'm actually mostly Scottish. I'm mostly German. German. Okay. I, think I never did one of those 23s in me. No, I don't want them. We will find a serial killer in my family. And I was raised not to be a rat. So <laughs> I'm not going to go in. And uh, maybe it's a me. I'm watching rat. that snake video with the little little chick going down the. Uh, yeah. 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 Oh, dude. German. I'm actually German. Uh, so you're not. Yeah, I can see the German in you. There, I, There is that fiery hate in your eyes. Yeah, Sounds there was nothing about you that always bothered me. You know? <laughs> There's something about you that would make me feel like a, a snake with a sheep in a cage. Do you want uh, All right. Let's if I can talk about my people for a second. Please. You know that um, that famous Hitler footage. I'm sure you watch it all the time. To, oh, you, talk about the only way I can get off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's the there's the classic one where right before, you know, he was going to unleash his new ideas on the world. Sure. He is in this giant stadium and they have like all like those little square sections of troops and all of that. And they got all, all of the, the all their merch that on their live nation <laughs> Nazi tour that they're going to go do this, this arena tour. They're going to blow up the arenas. Right. So he gives his host speech. You know what I mean? Very, very Lewis Black. High energy, uh, yeah. You know? Angry, and, but he uh, loves his mother. Yep. yep a lot yep. of pointing. Yeah. Love Lewis Black before anybody takes that the wrong way. Um. Anyway. I think Lewis Black war, would be flattered, by the way, just to be clear, for the at, record. At the end of the war, there's that, that thing where, where the Allies blow up that concrete swastika. Uh-huh. Okay. That's that same stadium. And... They never knocked it down, but they never like repaired it because they don't. If they knock it down, they make the guy a martyr because they're trying to make it all go away in Germany. Yes. So my point is, you can still go to that place. It's like Zeppelin um, Stadium or something. You can stand right there at your own risk because now it's like almost like a hundred years old and it's all like falling down. But I like, um, you know, I always saw all those World War II movies and shit like that. But when you go yeah. over to Europe, it becomes like real, especially yeah. when you see like 90 percent of the cities. The architecture is from like the 1950s on. And you're like, yeah, it's all their old. St oh, that's right. The Nazis oh, blew right. it up. They blew the fuck out of each other. That's right. I, I, I got to say, I respect Germany's how they handled it. They got real. They got real, like all German shit, they got real serious about it and real, like, genuine about it. You know what I mean? They were like, look, we fucked up. We're not going to, like, we'll, we'll punish ourselves. Like, like a bad, like a bad little sub in a, in a Berlin sex dungeon. They're like, we deserve, we, we deserve to be spanked with, <laughs> with like a metal paddle. And we deserve this. And we want it. And we need it. And I think I respect that. Like they don't like the U.S. You only watch scat porn. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Nazis scat porn and uh, and reptiles killing chicks. We're here with Nick Kroll, everybody, <laughs> who has a new comedy special, Little Big Boy. Yeah. And Big Mouth is coming out. Uh, end of the month. End of the month. End of, wow. And end of the end of the month, do you think you'll have time to go into your big Hollywood pool? <laughs> I will, and then I'll get a bizarre allergic reaction to it, and then I'll and I'll continue to be relatable to people beyond myself. 
Do you scream your latest IMDb credit instead of yelling cannonball before you go in? (laughs) I go season five. I go, I go, Bill Burr, Monday morning on Thursday podcast on YouTube. Is it an IMDb credit only? God will know. (laughs) Hey, you're a dad now, man. Yes, I am. I am. You're a dad. I am times two. Two young, two young dads here, just having a combo. Two, two young dads, two young Hollywood dads. About you know. <laughs> two men who made the decision early in life to become fathers, uh, who weren't in the Hollywood question. Did you get your first colonoscopy or have your first kid first? I, what happened uh, first? Kid, kid first. Still haven't gotten the colonoscopy. Gonna oh. stick the kid, I'm gonna stick the kid up there and see what he finds. Uh, <laughs> you know what it is? Is you like to build tension. So everybody's like, that's how you keep doing more seasons of Big Mouth. You just wait and see. How how did your, did you do yours? You've done yours? Twice. I'm a vet. I did two tours. (laughs) Two tours. Honestly, other than the crap you have to drink. Yeah. Easiest thing. But here's the thing. Don't drink the shit that they give you. Ask, say you want to pay for the good stuff. Okay. Yeah. They'll give you the red label. (laughs) Colon. You want the blue label shit? You want the high? You want the they black? Give label? The, they give you rot gut, like whatever the hell they gave me, dude. Like it was like three days, and I thought it was the procedure, and I had to think back, like, no, it wasn't like that the first time because the first time I, I got the Johnny Blue the first time. Okay. Oh, it was easy. It was a freaking cakewalk. But you were the like a time, like the first time you were like a fancy Japanese businessman, and the second time you were just like a a homeless guy getting a plastic bottle of whiskey. The second time I packed my own shoe. <laughs> no Billy bounce for like three days. No, seriously, I was like, I was like, uh, and this is not the procedure. I'm not trying to scare people away. It was the rot gut shit that they gave me, dude. I was like walking at like maybe like a 15 degree angle off as I was walking around my house, and you know, I, I yeah. So I'm I, there, I, by the way, if you watch the special, I don't think I need any to drink anything. I just think I need to eat like one bowl of fettuccine Alfredo and I'll be cleared out for a week. Like I'll just. Oh, you're one of those. Oh, you're one of those people, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mentioned yeah, a I Jewish, that. right? Did I, did that come up already? Do you I have any. You guys, what do you, well, I didn't know you guys had irritable bowel system. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It's now transferred to my skin. My skin is crazy. My skin has gone fucking crazy in the last. It's always been bad, but it's gotten crazy in the last couple of years allergic reactions constantly face exploding you don't have that uh no this is just naturally how i look (laughs) (laughs) i was saying my i had i was always like jews get eczema like and and it's like they're like to remind us of the to build the suffering to build the pyramids the cracking and the irish get like rosacea it's like this like like rage, <laughs> rage that lives inside. It must come out in this like blotchy, and it's like that's that's our that's what the two groups and we and we end up all we all end up in comedy. We all end up at some point doing co- in a writer's room. I I never you know what I I never knew that. That's 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 yeah, fascinating. That's why you got to you got to marry outside. For real, you know. I did. It's, it's like the uh, the royal family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's just one of the weirdest collection of people. If you looked at them, you would never think that they were winning. (laughs) You know what I mean? That they were living in palaces and all of that. They just look like, I don't know. They almost look like they're from the past. They do. 
because they all princess diana i don't know where she came from she was royal but or she was fancy but she from like a royal yeah but she brought in my gut is she that she at some point was like new money and they got to bring in a couple hotties like new money hotties into her into her bloodstream that leads to her can you imagine what they have in that family you're talking yeah. eczema and rosacea what if you all fucking the same puddle for 500 years what are they they've been doing well if you I mean, go there's not a looker the in the bunch holy shit go back and look at the habsburgs in like the 1700s their <laughs> their their eyes were bigger than their chins i mean they're they have these t- like they truly were like stomachless chinless bizarre the truly most bizarre looking people gold just spilling out of their pockets (laughs) (laughs) so rich and truly incapable of personal or governmental rule like incapable of controlling their own bowels and yet in in control of millions of people it's what happened to them the Russian they, whack them and bury them in the uh, during. I the think they literally. I think they f- they fucked themselves out of power. Uh, I believe. I mean, they might have gotten all the way to World War One. I. I mean, that's kind of where World War One happens. It's just like all these people being like, "We need fascists. We need Austro-Hungarian. We need like people to get us out of these like inbred monsters dictating <laughs> countries." I think that's what happened. And I hope that's what happened. That was fascinating. The world was ruled by inbred monsters who had all the gold. Yeah. So finally. Their eyes were bigger than their chins. Can you develop that? It's not too late. I mean, it's. I'm like, shit, why didn't we do that for History of the World? Hey, have you seen Blonde yet? No. Is it good? Oh, you got to take the family. <laughs> do you watch it with the kids? You watch it with the kids? No, I went, I went to the premiere. Oh, was it? Fun? Are you in it? No, uh, my buddy is in it, but he, he ended up not being there. You're not playing. You're like, I I do think you're one of those people that are you like. You think Marilyn oh, Monroe would date a ginger? Come on, man. It's, She's yeah. one of the hottest women ever. Yeah, no, it's like Burr is playing, uh, you know, he's playing like Arthur Miller. You didn't know that? Burr got cast as Arthur oh, Miller. Oh, by the way. Yeah. That guy killed it. Who is it? The guy playing Arthur Miller. Do you know who it is? It's probably that like Mark, guy. Mark the guy. Ryan. The guy. He, he played the piano. He kissed Halle Berry when he won the Oscar. Oh, the Adrian, Adrian Brody. Adrian. Adrian Brody. I'm, I'm so I can't even remember anybody's name. Adrian Brody was fucking amazing in that movie. Yeah, good for him. Okay. All right, everybody. Live reads. You get to look at the struggling face of a man who doesn't like to read out loud. Look who it is, everybody. It's old Zip. Recruiter! You like that? I walked off. Um, in case you didn't know. In case you got the cataracts there. Uh, did you know there are oh, there are currently over 2.4 million podcasts in the world? 1.7 of them are on All Things Comedy, including the one you're listening to right now. And it takes a team of people to help bring these podcasts together. Needless to say, then why would you say it? Uh, hiring the right people for these roles is important. And whether you're hiring for a podcast or, capital letters, or uh, for your growing business, there's only one place that makes it easy. Zip, 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 zip,
And now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. ZipRecruiter uses its powerful technology to find and match the right candidates up with your job. They should do this as a dating site. You know, Andrew? Just, you know, go through all the dicks, you know, and get through the to the, the, the one that you, you want in your vagina. Outsource it. Right? Outsource it. Do it for the days, too, so everybody's happy. Uh, you can easily re- review these re- recommended re- these recommended candidates and invite your top choices to apply. What are you basing it on looks? Um, additionally, Zip yeah. has a complete suite of tools that make it easy to filter, review, and rate your candidates. Four to five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. It's raining candidates over at your fucking Orange Julius. So if you're a fan of the podcast and you want to try Zip for free today, you can. Uh, you need to remember our special URL. ZipRecruiter.com slash Burr. Once again, that's Zip, Z-I-P, Recruiter, R-E-C-R-U-I-T-E-R.com slash Burr, B-U-R-R. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Oh, Andrew, right into the camera, like an old school pitch man here. Oh, and look who it is. One of our favorites. One of the most loyal people. They have bought a plate at the MM podcast running for president election. The $2,000 plate ever since we've been starting. Stamps.com, everybody. You know, if you're a small business owner, oh, we're talking to little people now. Sorry. You know how important it is to be ready for the insane holiday season. And if you haven't started preparing uh, for the chaos of holiday mailing and shipping, you're already falling behind. Santa's on his way and he doesn't have your fucking orders. Um, luckily stamps.com is everything you need to make your life a whole lot easier. Oh, a small business, Andrew elves. That's what they're talking about. Oh, I think old Chris Kringle wrote this one. (laughs) That's the name he gives to the cops. Chris Kringle. Uh, luckily stamps.com has everything you need to make your life a whole lot easier. It's the 24 seven post office that you can access from anywhere. No lines, no traffic, no hassle. Do you have insomnia? Would you like to be getting things done when you don't fucking sleep? What if you had a post office right at your fingertips, just like Santa Claus? You've heard me talk about stamps.com. They've been sponsoring the show for over nine years. And if you haven't tried it, fuck are you waiting for? Stamps.com is your one-stop shop for all your shipping and mailing needs, a stress-free solution for every small business. Use stamps.com to print your postage Wherever you need, wherever you do business, all you need is a computer and a printer. Get ahead of the holiday chaos this year. Get started with stamps.com. Jesus Christ, it just keeps going. Sign up with the promo code BURR for a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No longer, no long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and then the enter enter the code BURR so I get credit. Uh, and I can go buy some cigars. Uh, get a four-week trial, free postage, and a digital scale at stamps.com slash birth. Thanks to stamps.com for sponsoring the show. And a special shout-out, Andrew, to Fine Ash Cigars. Fine Ash Cigars in Phoenix, Arizona. If that Cardinals game is too loud and you want to leave at halftime, that's the place you want to go. They treated me like gold. It was awesome. Thank you to them. Thank you to stamps.com. And thank you for listening and watching and god bless america but only this country because i'm patriotic
Do you know like, you imagine you know what I'm into watching right now? What I watch on YouTube? Yeah, well, why, let's live let's live stream this. You watch the movie and I sit here and watch you react to it. No, no, no. I'll tell you what I've been watching. I watch uh people power washing their driveways yeah. and walkways. Yeah. I get a ridiculous amount of satisfaction of that. I'm also watching this guy who does these uh um I don't know what you call them, like he finds these cars, these great cars that have been sitting in a barn. And like rats have gone in there and built nests and shit and pissed on everything. And he just goes to work and all he does is wash them. And they come oh, out. I like that where they oh, like, with the with the with the toothbrush inside of that. Like, oh the, my god, it is so satisfying to when yes. he gets in the fucking wheels with that thing and he has yeah, yeah, yeah. all the, he's measuring like the paint and everything. I watched that and then I've been watching. Um, I started watching Martin Sheen. Um, Masterclass. Uh, Made for TV movies from just the seventies. Just Martin Sheen. Well, I watched the first one. I said I liked it, and then this buddy of mine goes, "Dude, he did like six of those, four or five of them during you know the lean years, to, you know, to feed his family, and before he did Apocalypse Now." And I watched one called The California Kid, hour and ten minutes. Oh, it's the him. Length, the perfect Vic, length for anything. Vic Morrow. Uh -huh. and uh a young nick nolte it was great so this is so this is pre-apocalypse now not post because like it's it, it's not like like he almost he has like a heart attack at 31 doing apocalypse now on cocaine and then comes back and does tv movies this is this is before that he did this a movie called the incident which mm -hmm. he played like a hoodlum on um on uh on a subway train it is kind mm -hmm. of funny. Him, like, like Bo Bridges is in it. Young Bo Bridges. Super young. It's in black and white. And if you ever lived in New York, what's funny is the amount of time between subway stops where all of this stuff happens. And like, and then the next stuff. But it is, you know, you can see why it was an independent movie. They just set it on that. Then he did one based on this real life serial killer. He was doing like all of this sort of darker things. And then he got into the, the TV movies. And I'm like, just starting to kind of learn about his career. But I like going back and watching those old things because I like looking at the cars. It's not all the noise of today. So that's why I don't I don't know. Uh, I, I know some stuff about what's going you on. You know plenty of stuff. Although you I see know the Bills came back and beat the Ravens yesterday. I, I know what's going on. You know about that. But I mean, it's like, I'm like, Bill, I can't believe you don't know big time current stuff. You've got a Primus poster and a Charles Bronson poster behind you. The <laughs> I stand by both of it. Absolutely. That is the uh that's the French death wish. Oh dans la vie. Uh juste dans la vie, monsieur. Dans la vie, Charles Bronson. That's what I've been doing. I'm learning how to speak French. Really? Yep. You have an insatiable brain. What are you talking about? Yeah, I I'm sorry that might not be right for your brand, Bill. I mean, compared to you. I have nice. no interest, Bill. I I I have no interest. Every time I talk to no, you, no, like, that's bullshit. Yeah, I fucking that's, that's... learned how to fly a helicopter, and now I'm power washing other people's driveways because I found the best one, and I'm studying Charles Bronson. You know? No, I'm just running from the demons in my head. You, on the <laughs> other hand, when I did the Nick Kroll show, you were on that, right? I was on that. Kroll show. You were on Kroll show. There you go. You fucking go. sat there one time and basically knew the entire you knew you knew the history of Hollywood the way I know like 70s NFL starting quarterbacks. Oh you were going studio heads, producers, like oh. I, I, here's one. 
I'm just going to throw out the movie, uh -huh. and you tell me the scandal behind it. Okay. Let's see. All right? We're going to try this. I won't be able We're to do it. We're going to try yeah. to stump okay. the eczema guy. All right? <laughs> Here's how you stump the eczema guy. You take away his steroid creams, his topical steroid creams. That's what you do. I've been there. We've all had to take a steroid cream here or there. <laughs> um, the getaway. The getaway. Oh, that's a. Uh, I mean, McQueen. Steve McQueen. You know more about this. Steve McQueen. Uh, my God, this. Okay, I don't know if this is the right timing, but I'll guess. Steve McQueen has started fucking Ally McGraw, and uh, and he's taken her away from uh, Robert Evans, who's like nose is collapsing at the age of fifty-one from the amount of cocaine he's already done, and uh, and he and 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 he gets away. <laughs> Steve McQueen gets away, and he's in a cool car that you that you fetishize. Actually, not cool cars because he's doing the getaway, so he like takes off in a fucking station wagon oh. with woods paneling, and then they feel something else like a four door sedan. Oh, um, so it, it isn't that. And just because I'm into cars, I don't fetishize it. Just because you're not a car guy. What do you got? You got some eco boost, something or other? I had a Prius. I had a LA guy for a minute. I had a Prius. I love that car. I had a Prius for a minute. I still like. I, I my I, my aunt has it now. I drive it. It's the loosest drive in America. Dude, I met uh, so many chicks in that Prius. Oh man, you got no idea. That's, that's something that's never been said. Yeah, <laughs> I would just have to drive down the street. And stop at a stop sign. The second they heard that engine turn off, they were like, "Who is this guy? Who is that? Is he from the future?" <laughs> uh, uh, I had a Prius. You want to hear my cars? You want to hear my evolution of cars? Can I guess them? Sure, please. Start the, what what year did you start driving? Oh, the, from back then in 95, 90, 90, 95. 95. Eastern Jewish eczema. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, 95. So I figure the car is like, if you were Irish, you'd be at least seven years old, but you're Jewish. So I'll say it was about three years old. Bingo. Bam. Three years old. That's a 92. I'm going to say you had a used Nissan. Oh, uh, I I appreciate you saying that. It was a it was my it was my mom's Volvo. That I put a cigarette burn in the first day I drove it, right oh, on the. You were a little badass, huh? Did you have on your black leather jacket? Yeah, <laughs> I was. I wish picking up the sheriff's daughter at the bobby sock. You know me. You know me. A greaser, a greaser in a fucking Volvo. Always. I'm just yeah. picturing your hair all greased back with the yarmulke on it. You oh know? my god! <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Just just pretending to be duty. Doesn't from, that movie uh, need to be made? Yeah. <laughs> Grease three. Wait a minute. I, you know, I, I got the Jewish gang movie that needs to be made. Oh, I'm here. I'm in. The Purple Gang. Oh, what's this? I need more. Purple Give Gang. I didn't know that. That was Those were Jewish gangsters. And they you not the around, Nick Kroll. Oh, they I trust All that me. Godfather good Good fellowship. Every Jew, every Jewish family wants to be like, you know, the Jews used to be the boxers and they were the gangsters. You know what I mean? It was like a it's a real thing of like we used to be tough. At one point, we were the immigrants and we were tough. You ever have they you've gotten cast as an like a gangster, like an Irish gangster or something? 
Dude, no fuck. Who gives a shit? That's been done a million times. Nobody's no one's shown you guys as the good fellas. True. There was, I mean, I guess you get Meyer Lansky. You know, what's his face? Can you do the voiceover doing the Jackie Mason impression ever since <laughs> I could remember. I always you wanted I can remember. You <laughs> <laughs> think I can remember? I was I I like to kill people. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was full with such rage. Such rage we would kill everybody. You know, um this wonderful woman I was dating a long time ago. Mm-hmm. Of course I fucked it up. Because she was wonderful and I wasn't. And uh, she took me on my birthday, for my birthday, to go see uh, uh, Jackie Mason live on Broadway. Dude, he fucking murdered. He did an hour of stand-up, took a break, and came back and did another 45. Jesus. Just murdering. Was he doing crowd work or was it all just material? It was all material and he was he 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 what he would he had very like economical movement because he mean by then I mean he lived to be like in his nineties so I saw him he was in his seventies so it was funny when he would do like his little little he always <laughs> do like something like that like joking around about Gentiles do this it was a chair now it's a toilet right he 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 was just his shit was like who was he making fun of he was making fun of like but he made fun of Democrats Republicans. Like topical stuff, old school shit, just a master. I'm so I'm so happy that I, I got to see him. I never got to see him. I if you go back, this is a separate, but I went back and watched uh Back to School, Rodney Dangerfield. Wow. Have you watched that movie recently? He's not even acting, he's just doing stand-up. Yes, exactly. Awesome. It's like he's sitting there and they're like the woman who she just passed away, who was hot lips in the original MASH movie. She's like, you know, she's the older teacher who he like, and she's like Thornton, you're fascinating. He's like, oh, so fascinating. You know, like he's just immediately yeah. just doing. It's not acting at all. He's just doing material. Hey, I'd like to tame her shrew, okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Flunk me, <laughs> flunk him. And everybody around him is just like, it's it's as if he he's having a normal conversation. It's so funny. You know what I love when he is acting too. He still has his restless leg syndrome. Yeah. He's he's still doing the. Oh, yeah. All right, hey, this guy's gonna do that. What I gonna say? <laughs> God, living the dream. Living when we uh I did this movie with Pete Davidson a few years, and part of the rap party, we went over to his place and we watched Easy Money. It was one of my favorite parties, and everybody just sat there, just dying laughing. First of all, the movie, you know, in the first 10 pages. You kind of blah, blah. They don't do that till 45 minutes into the movie. Like, you don't even know what the fucking movie's about for 45 <laughs> minutes other than you're laughing. Um, and it has Joe Pesci's in it. Uh, um, um, oh, what's his face? Um, he passed away. Uh, oh, I'm going to kill myself, not remember. Don't Taylor do it. Negron. Taylor Negron's in it. Oh, yeah. Tell I, me you're bad. Tell me I, you're I, the man. <laughs> I meet Taylor Negron. First time I ever meet Taylor, I go in for an audition to be on uh, Curb Your Enthusiasm. This is years ago. I was like, it was, I just gotten an agent. I was so excited. I was going to maybe, you know, it's like going to audition for Curb. And the, it was to play like an effete uh, waiter, uh, you know, like a, which is the nice way of saying like uh, a fish uh, gay. Like they just couldn't, they weren't going to say it. So I go in for the audition. And the last minute they're hey, like. Waiter. Oh yeah. They, they were going deep on that show. Gay waiter. And then they were like, um, and at the last minute, they're like, oh, and maybe it should be like foreign, you know, 
when I get there, they tell me four. I was like, okay, I can do that. Okay, I walk. Right before me, Taylor Negron walks in, and like they all know. I mean, he was on Seinfeld. He goes in, and the whole room's like, ah, and just he crushes. Like you can hear it from the outside the room. He just crushes, and then I go in. And it was, I mean, it was just like, they were like, hi, nice to, you know what I mean? And that was that. But I was like, of course. And and Taylor Negron. Uh, we've already cast this role greeting. Yes. Yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah, known yeah. as, we're just going to do the first scene. Yeah. <laughs> yes. For yeah. those of you not in this business, that's what they do. Like, prepare scenes, you know, three scenes and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Dude, I used to get that all the time when they would just see me when I would walk in. Because back then you had black and white uh, headshots and Moose was in. And I had moose in my hair, so my hair kind of red brown. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and my agent wasn't going to tell him. So anytime I went in there, if it was like occasionally I would go in for a lead, mm -hmm. I'd be like, they just don't pick a, a redhead male to be the lead. <laughs> and I would walk in, I would see it in their face, and it was always like, okay, we're just, just, just let's just go to, uh, let's just do oh. scene three. Let's just do scene three. We're a little behind. Yeah. We, we, we know we know what you can do. Let's just, and I was just like, yeah, we I just need you to. You know, we just need you to see you drink the coffee, and we're good. Actually, we don't even need to get audio on this. We just need to see you drink the coffee. I don't know if you got the rewrites, but the character is now walking out that door. <laughs> and you're like, they don't cast redheads. And then you turn it on, and it's Caruso in NYPD Blue. <laughs> you're like, Fuck. oh, he's the guy. He's the guy that broke open, broke open the door, and then slammed it shut when his movies didn't work. He That's crushed right. NYPD Blue, and then he made really good movies like Jade. And and they yeah. just didn't hit. And then all of Hollywood, I felt, was like, that's right. Close that's the door. right, you almost albino. <laughs> you get back. Go back in your closet. Go back in your closet where you don't tan. That is the dream. You don't get the gun. You don't get the girl. <laughs> talk to the guy who does. Um, but ultimately, it's a better place to be talking to the guy who does. Uh, the guy who does, it's it's none of those guys. It's, it seems exhausting. It seems exhausting to be that guy. Oh, number one in the call sheet? No, that's yeah. not what you want to be. No, I had somebody a long time ago told me. He goes, "You want to be about eight, eight or nine in the call sheet. You got enough lines where you're not going to get cut out, but you don't have to work every day. And you're on location. You can go around town, check it out, get something yep. to eat. I'm mm -hmm. not working today. Hey, I'm working two days." I'm off for a week. Oh, go to the gym, live a nice life. Yes. Pregnate it's, a local and pregnate yeah. a local and then leave. I mean, that's how it's <laughs> done. I've always wanted a second family family in Wilmington, North Carolina. Uh yeah, it is. It's 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 true. It's like you see those guys who are number one, you're like, how are you doing? They're like, good. I uh been on for 70 days straight, and then uh we do the press tour and I can't eat at a restaurant and uh uh, everyone hates my new girlfriend. So uh, things are good. Things are really good. <laughs> Nightmare. I just what read a doing? book about Wilmington, North Carolina. Really? What was it about? The the port? What, what was it about? Uh, it was about uh, this this thing they did in the late 1800s. It's not good for tourism. Uh, it's called <laughs> Wilmington's Lie. The Insurrection of 1892. It's actually a... It, it it makes now it makes a lot of what's going on. You understand, like how the fuck did we get here? Why are we all yelling at each other? Huh. Why don't we like you know this is stupid? Why are, why are we all yelling at each other? And these eight assholes are you know treating us like little marionette puppets, and you just uh -huh. kind of all 
It, 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 it's I, I highly recommend it. I actually, I don't read, dude. You you wouldn't know this about me. I don't read. So, uh, I, I read Look, you're very busy watching power washing videos. How, how do you have time to read? I read books. I read like four pages every night before I go to sleep. That's what I, that's, it's, it's, that's how I fall asleep is I read like a few pages of a book. And it means I read like four books a year, but I don't read during the day because I will fall asleep immediately. Uh, I have a good thing. You know, it's funny. I discovered coffee this year. I mean, I knew it was out there, but I finally started drinking it. And uh, now I'm just kind of realizing that it's better to just take a nap. Than to drink coffee. Well, then to trick your body into thinking yeah. that it isn't tired. Like it your wakes body- you up. It's like, no, it isn't. I guess it blocks. But it tastes, oh, dude, it tastes so fucking good, dude. Oh, dude. <laughs> Wait, how do you make it to 38 uh, and not drink coffee. <laughs> Thirty-eight in the business. Old David tell joke. <laughs> yeah. Um, because my dad yeah, used to, my dad used to drink it, and he would leave it, and he would leave like this much, and he and I would come by an hour later, and I would drink cold like nineteen seventies instant coffee. I'm like, this is and Sanka drinking cold Sanka. Oh, right, my parents were Folgers. They had the flavor oh, crystals in there. Right, so it's, it's, yeah. Which turned out to be, I'm sure, like, turned out to be, like, like ceiling installation, like fiberglass to open up the throat pores. It was asbestos <laughs> from the factory. Yeah. That's basically, that just fell in. So they go, ah, what do we do? Yeah. Do we the public? Ah, we'll nah. just call yeah. them flavor it's crystals. They're flavor crystals. And then that just opened up all of the, just so that the coffee could enter the bloodstream faster. And they're like, what a dream. Well, that's like... Uh, you know, this is scary and also makes me want to try it just for the buzz. <laughs> Chewing tobacco. Oh, yeah. Had like microscopic pieces of glass to yeah. cut the inside of your, your mouth so the tobacco would go like right to your brain. You never I thought you drive them stock cars faster. <laughs> Woo! You Get never that Harry your... Gantt skull bandit. Get a nice little oh, crack right you some Copenhagen. You never, you never packed a lip? You never did a... Uh, no, I, feel... I just... I. I was afraid of getting cancer and all that, but I, I'll be honest with you. I thought that chewing tobacco was the coolest fucking thing. Everybody mm-hmm. in baseball did it. Mm-hmm. Um, all the badasses in my town did it. Totally, me too. Badasses in my town. They got the good-looking chicks. They dipped, and they played uh-huh. hacky sack. It's a weird yeah. combination, but there was a moment where hacky sack was not a hippie thing. No, it was cool. And those guys, and they're all doing great now, I'm assuming, right? As far as I know, one of the guys who was the best at it, I just ran into him when I was uh, I was touring. I don't know where the fuck I was at, but he came by. It was this this oh, this is actually a cool story. He was this fucking like one of the best class clowns I ever met in my life, and he was in my division in eighth grade. They called him divisions, like it was army, whatever. And um, that was the fastest school year of my childhood. That guy made me laugh so hard. It was like I just I I put my head down, started laughing, and I woke up. And it was already April. Did not do well that year. <laughs> he was like he was just a fucking. I don't even know how he's just he was. However, he was funny. Totally just connected with me, and he just made me laugh my ass off. And I uh, yeah, recently he just came out to a show, and typical, you know, he didn't remember that he was. I didn't think I was that funny. I was like, dude, you were fucking hilarious. And and he didn't remember. He doesn't remember himself. What did well. your publicist just text you? Do you have to get off this thing? No, I'm trying something? to return. I'm 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 I've come back to LA and I'm trying to connect with a baby uh, rental equipment uh, 
You got a uh, power wash your baby? Chair. I rented a high chair in New York. And now I'm, and now the guy's trying to pick it up from the apartment that I was at. And so I was, I'm, I, I was getting like 15 calls in a row and I'm like, who's fucking won't stop calling. And then I'm like, Oh, it's someone trying to, I'm trying to get, get a baby chair back. Pretty sexy stuff. Yeah. That, it's not my agent. It was some guy being like, I want my fucking high chair back. You piece of shit. When I are you and I going to work together again? Let's see. Well, I want, uh, let's see. I wanted you on History of the World. You were busy making your movies. Is it done? We're, uh, all we have to do is, is score it and put the color on it. And we're done. Uh, just get rid of it. Give it some highlights. Let's just Take do a little. See what America thinks of it. And I think we'll be just good. Just want a little zhuzh. We're going to zhuzh. We love it, Bill. The re- Everyone loves it. There's been a focus group. We're wondering if you need to be bald in this one. So we're wondering what it would cost to paint in, just paint in some hair. We'll do it real quick. It'll just be like 72 quick sessions. You can still see your family. You can still see your family. You can, everyone can come by the set and see you. Um, I want tears to, as you back out of your driveway. <laughs> I want to do, I want to do anything with you. I, you know, I, I'm, I'm down. What do you, what do you, I mean, like, uh, what do we do? I, I don't know what to do now. Cause I'm done. That's all right. There's something, uh, there's a guy. Oh, I gotta remember this guy. There's a guy that if the two of you got on screen, maybe there wouldn't be enough fucking room with both of your talents. I I gotta send you this. There's this guy that I follow. Oh, what the fuck is his name? Because I really want to give him a shout out. I'll I'll text it to you. Okay. He uh, here's he, what I he does all of, all of that shit where like he'll like he's like in drag or he'll do like you know you can make like yourself have like a little face like oh. all that Kyle Dunnigan stuff. Yeah. He, he's completely away from what Kyle does and and he yes is his Brian Jordan Alvarez yes yeah that dude's fucking funny that fucking guy oh, so funny flashing, flashing is my life dude me and my <laughs> wife sang that for a week when yes I his, he's Water. got that, that life he's like I stay home and do my music my wife she is gone for the day he's so I like funny. a random laugh he would want yeah. the, the water one. He was, he was some lake or something. He goes, I am here at the water. He doesn't like that fucking laugh. That kills me every time. Do you think if you had started now, you'd be making those videos? You know what I mean? Like an in- Instagram guy, like you would be one of those guys doing the videos? Yeah, I would have. There's a whole bunch of shit, like a lot of sketch stuff and characters and all that stuff that I just never did because I, I got into like, Stand up, but um, you know, yeah, Bill, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pay you a compliment. You, I saw you. I mean, I I knew who you were. I'd seen. I you saw you at Starbucks. I I've saw never you at Starbucks. Seen a bald ginger stand in line like that. <laughs> I had never seen. And when they, <laughs> and when they called your name, <clears throat> and you said, <clears throat> I asked for almond milk. It was. I was so blown away at the the humility that you had when you screamed at that poor woman behind the counter. No, I saw you, I'd seen you around, but then I saw you at. It, it really changed how I wanted to do comedy, which I saw you at Crash Test, which was Aziz's show back at UCB. This is like you know, fifteen years ago in New York, and you were like, and this was at a time where I was like, oh, the alt guys are over here and the club guys are over here, and I watch you come into Crash Test and I watch you fucking crush in one, in a hipster audience. Because in my mind, it's like, oh, you don't like the club guys kill at the clubs, but they can't fucking crush it. And you you, you guys hated us. Well, you guys hated us. Let's no, 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 no. 
No. What well, but I wouldn't even first? call you what guys that because I wasn't even around. I wasn't in the mix. Know, you, you guys, guys, you guys, you guys would do interviews and say, we're not in the clubs doing airplane material, get ready for a fucking Conan set. You guys yeah. were hammering us. I wasn't doing interviews yet. I was dying to do interviews. I wasn't anywhere near him. So, but I, but it was, there was this sort of dichotomy. We had, we were, after a while, we resented you guys because the, all the industry went there. But initially, yes. initially the way it was sold, this was, initially it was club comics doing it. They created the scene. But that second wave, they were the ones that came in like they were the wine tasters of comedy mm -hmm. and that their shit, mmm. Well, oh, yeah. Well, this, yeah. Is, this is so, a great year, shit joke. That, 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 that's <laughs> well, so, when it became, yeah, so you guys were all cunty, and then, except when you did a benefit, then you guys were real nice to us club guys, and all said you had to get out of there because you didn't want to go on after us. That's the truth. So I, that's again, I wasn't there yet. I was just watching those guys. Hey, you were in the tower. You were taking orders. Go ahead. I was, I was just w watching, waiting, just <laughs> waiting. Yes, I could see the smoke. Uh, but I couldn't. So, so I, but I remember watching you fucking crush at, at a hipster show. And I was like, Oh, okay. I got to go to the club. I got, I was like, that was when I was like, Oh, I got to go to the clubs. I got to learn how to make everybody laugh. If, cause Bert, I was, and I, you know, and, and now I'm, I'm doing three nights of Fenway and I got to thank you for that. Cause I, no, no, I remember that's all true. That's all. Cause I remember that. I was like, I remember thinking when you were coming up, this is one of the few guys that gets it. Because I felt like when I was doing um, certain comedy clubs in most of the alt rooms, I felt like the crowd, it, you like a radio station, like I performed to white people from ages 18 to 24 that are into superheroes. And then there was another club that I did where it was just like uh, this Boston club that I used to do. And, um, you know, before that. The, attic, the comedy attic. No, I can't. No, so many of them went under. It was like a one of those satellite rooms, and it was just something about that area that everyone was just so from that area. So if you somehow could just shrink your act into the one block that they all lived on, you were a god, and they would carry you out of the place. But the second you you went to the next town over, you you might as well have been speaking another language or whatever. So. It's a, um, it, but it was a really, it was a super useful lesson to me. And I, so I, uh, I appreciate that. And I've literally watched, and it, 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 it's the proof is in the pudding. You fucking kill for everybody everywhere. And uh, so I, jokes are relatable. I'm trying to get there, man. You know what it is? I got to, I, gotta, I, I, remember I, this, Nick. Everybody has to shit. So oh, that, buddy. That's, that's where you start your act from. You start buddy. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to ask you I'm going to ask you to watch my special where I tell three to four shit pants stories uh, trying to trying to to try oh, to a lot of this about your irritable bowel system. It's about. Syndrome? Just, yeah, it's about I mean, it's about my it's just about shitting my pants a bunch. I shit my pants a bunch as an adult. An irritable bowel system is when you get hair plugs for your ass crack. <laughs> It's a system. It's a system of butt plugs, not butt plugs for sexual pleasure. But I'm also a client, and then you drop your pants in the end. I'm not just the president of this butt plug, this butt plug system. We've got Jason Alexander. We've got all. I remember. Let's. I'll say this real quick before we wrap this up here. Yeah. Um, and you have gone over, which means <laughs> I am. I am enjoying you. Good. So, okay. Because whenever I say I got to wrap this up, people are like. Oh, God, I'm not going to, uh, you 
Fuck you. When you were fucking, when I went to do your show, Crow's show, mm-hmm. I forget the name of that lunatic character that you were playing with, with the fucking. Dr. Armand. You oh were, my God, Dr. Yeah. Armand. And mm-hmm. I, I came out, I had done a little hair and makeup and I came out and I saw you standing, you were already in character. I just remember like, this guy is out of his fucking mind and this is going to be. Yeah. Well, you were, I used to act out all the words that you said, that oh weird tick that he had. Well, because he couldn't move his face because he had had so much work done. So the only way I could get expression out was to do everything he did. It was a he was a plastic surgeon for dogs who then got caught in like a staircase, true crime world. And you were the cop who was on him. Trying yeah, to- he murdered his wife. I still think he was guilty. <laughs> you still think he murdered his wife. All these years there. That's how much you commit to the role. Well, that's why he had the plastic surgery, I felt, because mm-hmm. he didn't want to betray his guilt. And he wanted to have the perfect poker face where I couldn't tell if he was innocent or guilty. That's how deep Bill Burr goes as an actor. People don't realize this. Hey, man, it wasn't just a sketch to me. No. That was a a real crime. I'm still on to you, Rick. (laughs) I, by the way, that's the way to do it. That's the way you got to do it. You got to go all all in. All in all the time. And it works. It works. That's why. Another great memory is I I worked with Ron Howard's, Howard's father on one of the sketches. Yes. He told me what it was like to work on Cool Hand Luke. Jesus. He was one of the eggs. Huh? <laughs> Get mad at them eggs. All right. <laughs> Nick Kroll, everybody. Check out his new stand-up special and the runaway hit, Big Mouth, on Netflix. I love you, brother. I hope we get to at least hang out or something and debate alt comedy versus club comedy. Okay. Bye, buddy. Good to see you both. Thanks for having me. going on it's bill byrne it's the monday morning podcast so by the october 6 2014 hello it's me i haven't podcast for a long long time actually it was last monday in the morning do do boo it's important to me Hey, what's going on? How are you? Um, As you can tell, I screamed and yelled all this fucking weekend, and that only means one thing. Oh, Billy Redface had a stand-up gig. If you're new to my podcast, well, why does your voice get raspy after you have a show? Because I don't know how to write a joke. So what I have to do is I have to scream my ideas. I I have to use the F word, right and left and left and right, you know, and then make silly faces. 
I was actually up in San Francisco. If you're going to San Francisco, um, I'm going to put some flowers in your hair. Yeah, and some change in your pockets for the fucking 9,000 homeless people they have up there. Jesus Christ, just inundated with them. You know what was great? It was towards the end of the month. And two great things. Wait, that doesn't make sense. The beginning of the month was back when you wouldn't see the homeless people in San Francisco because they actually gave them a stipend, which was, a, you know, a little bit of money so they could get them off the fucking streets, you know? Like these fucking people know how to handle money. If they knew how to handle money, they, w- they wouldn't have been homeless. Hey, this guy sucks at math. I know. Let's give him an algebra book. All right. See you, fella. Good luck with that. We're not going to teach you on any level. That's not even true. That's, that's even worse. That, 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 that example doesn't even make sense. That wasn't the correct example because if somebody sucks with money and you just give them money, you know, if somebody sucks at math, you give them an algebra book, they could actually learn about math. How do you just give somebody some math? <laughs> give them a bag of numbers. Whatever. You, want, you know what I'm trying to say. All right. And even if you don't, I don't know that you don't because you can't call into this show. All right? The phone lines, the non-existent phone lines cannot light up. Um, trying to write down Alabama so I don't forget to talk about them this week. Alabama! The dream ended this weekend. Um, anyway, so I was up there in San Francisco. And I was working Davies Symphony Hall, and uh, I had a great time. And you know, my favorite part of the fucking weekend was Jay Lawhead, Jason Lawhead, Rose Bowl tailgate legend, Jason Lawhead. Uh, before he's gonna bring me out, he's like, he's like, what do you want? I should turn on the fucking air conditioning. Can you hear that stupid thing rattling? I try to tell her, you know, you try to tell your wife you don't want something, and what do they? They fucking do it anyways. Because they think that they know, I know what's good for them. I know what's good for them. Hang on, i got to shut this fucking thing off. All right, I'm back. I'm fucking believable. I swear to God, they, they, you know, for all their bitch moaning and complaining they do on all those, those fucking yap yapping shows there, you know. I know, well, it's, what's better than one woman running her yap? Well, let's get three others and have them all sit around with their shoes, you know. Yap, yap, yapping about all the fucking shit that's going on. Are those shows, by the way, The View, The Talk, and all those, are those like women's versions of like a guy watching those stupid pregame NFL shows? You know, rather than four broads, you got fucking four meathead guys in their suits. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a bubble screen. <laughs> John Gruden says fucking bubble screen. One more goddamn time this fucking week. I got it. It's a bubble screen. There's a screen and there's a bubble and he's got an option. And they're going to fucking have the linemen go this way and see what the does. I think it's a run. Okay? Then he has this option over here if he wants to. He can throw it back against the field over this guy over here. If he does, he can keep the fucking ball and he can try to run it. But the key is the quarterback has to understand when to make a decision to either release the ball or to hold on to it. I'll tell you what, when you, when you start doing something like that, that's when good things will be happening in the National Football League. Um... So just all of that dumb shit that I just fucking said that I don't need to know. 
I don't need to know any of that. I don't need to know what a fucking bubble screen is to watch a goddamn game. It's a hot read. It's a hot read. It comes up on the line. It's a fucking hot. Is it a hot read? It's a hot read. <laughs> Why can't it just be he goes up to the line and if he sees something, yeah, let's fucking do it. And if he doesn't, let's just stick with the play. It's a hot read on a bubble screen in a cover two. Tango, Sierra, Alpha. Um, anyway, so I'm up there in San Francisco. And for once, every I was up there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And it was beautiful weather every single day. 85 degrees, 80 degrees, global warming at its finest, right? This is how miserable the fucking weather is in San Francisco. They... Um, most places don't have air conditioning because they don't fucking need it. They're in California and they don't need air conditioning. All right? Why don't you wrap your little fucking podcasting listening brain around that? All right? Um, actually, when you think about it, California goes pretty much almost the entire coast of the west coast of the continental United States, the lower 48 anyways. So I guess at some point... Right? You got to be as far north as like Wyoming. I know they get snow. But I know people in Wyoming got to have fucking air conditioning. Does anybody in Wyoming listen to this? Are you out there right now on a horse, just sitting there staring at cattle, trying to figure out what's out there that keeps killing one of your cows every fucking eight days? Sitting there arguing with your buddies. Look at the bite mark. Look at the bite marks there. That ain't no fucking coyote. Coyote can't kill a fucking cow, you dumb son of a bitch. You know where you get that from? You get that from your mother. I knew she was fucking dumb the moment I looked down at her boots. All right? But her tits were hanging out. My favorite song was on the jukebox. So I said, fuck it. I ain't got nothing in the back of my truck. I'll lay her down there, stick my Coors Light on her forehead, and I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to put her right in there. The next thing you know, she starts calling me up on my CB, come in there, good buddy. My stomach's getting bigger, and I ain't been eating shit. I think I'm pregnant. And I'm like, well, ain't this a son of a bitch, all right? Unless Jesus is coming back again as a baby, it must be mine. So here you are, here you are, half a fucking stupid, telling me that a goddamn coyote killed this fucking cow. Now I'm going to tell you one more time that it was a pack of wolves, and if you keep having that dumb look on your face, I swear to fucking God, I'm going to shoot you on my own goddamn property. Is that understood? Ah, oh, quit your crying, you're just like your mother. If you're out there in Wyoming, all right, <clears throat> yeah, I know you got air conditioning. You might not have teeth, but I know you have air conditioning. I'm sorry. Why do I keep doing this? You know what's funny about Wyoming? Um, a lot of it is fucking rich people who've gone out there and bought property like Ted fucking Turner. Like Ted Turner, I think, can ride his horse from uh, the border of the United States and Mexico 
and ride his fucking horse all the way up to Canada. At least that's his goal without ever not being on his own property, you know? And like most driven men, at any point, does he even think about the fucking horse that does not want to walk, gallop, or trot? All the things that horses do, shit in public. It doesn't want to do... (laughs) It doesn't want to do that. It never wanted you on its back to begin with. Why the fuck would it want you on its back... Jesus Christ, you're Ted Turner. You can't afford a robot horse? Huh? With your Jeopardy mustache? Haven't said all that. Great investment. I, you know, I got to tell you, that Ted Turner, you know, when it comes to money, he understands it. You know, it'd be great if Ted Turner just walked up to a homeless guy and rather than explain money to him, just started yelling at him about money, dressing him down, you know, like a head coach pissed off at his fucking starting quarterback who's making a bunch of mistakes, right? And his job is like right on the bubble, you know, if he just came walking up to the homeless guy, throws a fucking clipboard down at his feet after he sees the guy buy some fucking heroin with a bunch of nickels. I don't fucking, I don't got any need to yell again. All right, I'm sorry. Just set up a total comedy scenario and now I'm bailing. All right, I'm fucking rolling right out of it. You know why I can't do a Ted Turner. I don't even know what he sounds like. I just when I picture him, I picture Norm Macdonald when he used to imitate that guy who used to hold the pen and run for president, Bob Dole. I'm Bob Dole. That's how I picture Ted Turner talking. Ted Turner talking, a new talk show. He's so fucking rich he doesn't have any guests. Um, all right. So, anyways, I go up to San Francisco, and the weather's beautiful, and. Uh, you know, I got some family and friends up there. We fucking hang out. What did we do? What did we do Friday night? Oh, I went out to this unbelievable Italian restaurant. And uh, I actually have been craving a pork chop for a while. For years, actually. I'm not going to lie to you. I got a, I got a great pork chop. Um, why does that word sound so annoying? Pork chop. Um, at this restaurant out here in L.A., And it was so fucking unbelievably good. All right. So unbelievably fucking tender that I came back like 10 days later going, I got to get this pork chop again. Pork chops and applesauce. Gee, Alice, that's swell, right? Brady Bunch. Brady Bunch reference there. Pork chops and applesauce. Gee, Alice, that's swell. Um, And I fucking, I went back and they had taken it off the menu. And then I ordered something else and it sucked. In fact, everything sucked. The offense sucked. The defense sucked. We sucked. Um, The whole fucking, the whole meal stunk. So I went years just thinking about this fucking pork chop. Waiting for the right fucking restaurant with the right level of quality of food that if it was on the goddamn menu, I was going to order it. There's not a lot of places, not a lot of nice restaurants will serve you a fucking pork chop. You know, your choices are usually, you know, steak, some sort of chicken, fish, maybe lamb. All right? They might do a pulled pork. Uh, they might do a pig ear fucking sandwich, a brisket or whatever. But to try to get somebody to get a, to make a fucking pork chop. All right? 
the way that your mother never did. Because who's kidding who? Who's kidding who? Moms do not know how to cook pork chops. All right? They just, they, as my dad would say, Christ, you cooked the shit out of it. Right? They cooked the shit out of it, which is very easy to do with pork. I don't know why, but it's very easy for that thing to taste like one of the fucking tiles that's on the floor of your kitchen. Um, so anyways, I went to this restaurant, this Italian restaurant that had homemade fucking pasta, one of my favorites, and I saw that pork chop and I said, fuck that pasta. All right there, Luigi, you tell Clemenza in the kitchen, I don't eat his fucking pasta. All right? I want, <laughs> I want a fucking pork chop. So I ordered this pork chop. I got a side of pasta. The pasta was fucking outstanding. And I know like most time, most shows like Anthony Bourdain would tell you what fucking restaurant he went to. I don't do that. You know why? Because I want to be able to go back there without standing in any sort of a fucking line. So why don't you go to San Francisco and figure it out for yourself? <laughs> that would be my cooking show. Do you like how arrogant I am? Anthony Bourdain has this huge fucking millions and millions of fans watching his show. I just got, you know, I got a couple thousand fans listening to this fucking thing. And I want to make sure I, I cannot. Guys, I can't say the names of things on my podcast. The, 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 the crush of people that will be showing up to get a fucking pork chop and goddamn. Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God. All right. I thought the fucking. I just thought this whole fucking thing just shut off. When I set it back down, I'm doing this right as I woke up. You know how many times that's happened to me? Like I go to restart it and then I fucking riff for 20 minutes and I look and the fucking recorder's off and I'm like, oh my God. Just like I just said, oh my, are you fucking kidding? I got to do it all over again. I had that really funny character from Wyoming. I'll never be able to recreate it. Um, all right, good. I just fucking panicked. And you know what? That brings me to a fucking unbelievable story that I got to talk about later. Let me finish with the pork chop. Then I'll do a little bit of advertising. All right, that's your second course. All right, and the dessert will be my little fucking story about panicking. That will not be enjoyable to listen to. It absolutely terrified me. All right, so I ordered this fucking pork chop. Absolutely delicious. Absolutely fucking delicious. You know? And um, what was I talking about? Yeah, and I'm not going to tell you where I got it. Not only would I never tell you if I know, I can't even remember the name of it. So now I'm fucked. I don't know. Who gives a shit? You heard me trying to remember the name of the fucking X-Men. That's a goddamn zillion dollar movie. I'm going to remember the name of a, a, a restaurant. The fuck was it called? There was a number in it. I remember that. Ah, Jesus Christ. This is when the cops would just put away their little fucking, you know, that little pad that they write on. They'll probably have an iPad now. Can you describe what he looked like? I don't know. Why don't you go fucking look at the security footage? We're in the middle of nowhere. Well, fucking call up the drone company. I'm sure they were watching something. Fucking nerd weirdos jerking off to the top of my head. <laughs> All right, let's get let's do a little bit of advertising here for this week, everybody. All right. Oh no. What 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 is going on with this shit? Come on, Bill. For Christ's fucking sakes. All right, I swear to God. 
Me Undies. Right, Me Undies. I swear to God, this is the name of a company. Me Undies, everybody. It's unbelievable how putting on a great pair of underwear changes your entire outlook for the day. That is not a joke. You know that feeling of putting on that ratty old saggy underwear? I want you to know the feeling of wearing great-fitting, great-looking underwear that's cupping your balls there. This is ridiculous. You need to know about MeUndies.com. MeUndies has the most comfortable underwear you have ever tried on. They fit perfectly. They don't ride up on you. And they literally pull moisture away from your skin. Gross! They pull moisture away from your skin all day so you're cool all day long. But here's the thing. They also make you look great. They give you package, a nice profile. Go to MeUndies.com and check out the pics of all the different styles of underwear. Oh, I know I'm going to do that. I don't know about you guys. And for the ladies, check out those hot-looking boy shorts. Men and women. Oh, yeah, nothing like suggesting you might have a dick. Uh, men and women, high-quality materials for your high-quality materials, if you know what I mean. The price Glad you didn't ask. Uh, a fraction of what typical high-end underwear designers charge. Here, I'll help you out. Go to MeUndies.com slash Burr and get 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order when you go to MeUndies slash Burr. And right now, you'll even get free shipping in the U.S. and Canada. Well, you know what? I got to go. I got to see MeUndies. M E. U-N-D-I-E-S dot com. Let me check out me undies. Me undies, me undies, cup in my fucking ball. Ba-doop, boop, boop, me undies. Me undies, does that chick have a dick? All right, hang on. Me undies, men. Yep, those are underwear. Uh, men's pajama pants, men's French Terry Slim sweatpants, unisex French Terry sweatshorts. They got boxer briefs, they got trunk, and they got the men's brief. You know what? I got to tell you, those things look comfortable as hell. I owe them apology. You guys got to go to me undies, me undies. Uh, cop your motherfucking balls, but boop, boop, me undies, me undies. All right, let's get back to the fucking podcast. Um, all right, where the hell are we? Oh, yeah, so I go up to San Francisco, and I got this great pork chop and um, smoked a cigar at the top of one of those goddamn hills and uh, called it a night. And, uh, oh, my God, I almost forgot about the fucking steam room. I got to tell you about the fucking steam room. I got to make sure I remember to tell you that. All right, so let's just get to the show. So I go over to uh, uh, Davies Symphony Hall. Beautiful venue. Bunch of people showed up. And uh, so before I I go out on stage or whatever, before we're starting the show, Jason Lawhead goes, hey, Bill. He's like, uh, what do you want me to say about you? And I was like, you know, I've never seen him on Netflix, Letterman. And he goes, you want me to hype the new special? And I said, yeah, if you don't mind doing that. He said, absolutely. When's it come out? What's it called? I said, it comes out December 5th on Netflix. And it's called, I'm sorry you feel that way. 
And he goes, okay, all right, cool. And then five minutes later, he goes, hey, what's your special called again? I keep thinking, why do I do this? What I, I go, it's called, I'm sorry you feel this way. He goes, okay, I got it, I got it. And I looked at him. I go, Jay. He's like, what? I go, you're going to fuck this up. And he goes, no, I'm not. I'm a professional. And he laughs and he leaves. So he goes out and he does his thing. He gets to his closing bit. It crushes, right? And uh, I'm like, okay, you know, I'm in the bubble. I'm getting ready to get brought out. So I'm ready to get brought out. And I'm waiting for him, you know, to do his little fighting out of the red corner. He stands at five foot ten. He can't get a tan. He's got freckles on his ass. He is the reigning, right? Um, but he doesn't do that. He just starts talking. He finished his fucking act like he always does. He kills like he always does. And now he's supposed to fucking bring me up. And instead of bringing me up, he starts yammering all and on. Going, you know, it's been great out here to be here in San Francisco. Uh, beautiful weather today. You know, me and Bill were out there uh, sampling some of the local fare. Blah, 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 blah. And he just starts just not telling jokes, not really telling a story. Just sort of vaguely describing the day. Yeah, it was about 82 degrees out there, barometric pressure. And I'm sitting there going, what the fuck is this guy doing? And then he just goes, all right, you guys ready for the man you came to see? You know, you know he is, uh, he's got a special coming out on Netflix. And then he just looks over at me and he goes, ah. He's like, I can't remember what it's called. And then I fucking died laughing died laughing because then I realized what he was doing. He wasn't even talking to the crowd. He was just saying English words that they'd understand as in his brain. He was going, what the fuck is it called? So I went out there and for five minutes just trashed him for saying sampling some of the local fare. <laughs> and looking back, I should have trashed the crowd for not immediately heckling him for saying fucking sampling some of the local fare. What the fuck does that mean? Do you realize what a creepy, a creepy fucking expression that is? Sampling the local fare. Anybody who just blew into town could be talking about anything from getting something to eat to being a fucking serial rapist. I was sampling some of the local fare. You know, that's something like Hannibal Lecter would say if he fucking took a bite out of your neck. Um, <clears throat> so anyways... So I went out there and uh, tried a bunch of new shit, and it seemed to work. And then we did uh, – it was just it was just a perfect show, man. That first show was just awesome, right? Not saying the second one wasn't, but I had such a funny moment uh, during the show where I'm in the middle of my act, and the Giants, you know, they're in the playoffs. Playoffs? And um, I'm in the middle of one of my jokes, and I have no idea what's going on in the game and all of a sudden this guy just yells out in the upper deck he just goes two to one giants and the crowd just fucking erupts into cheers so i immediately do the math i'm like san francisco giants it's fucking october that's right i've been watching some of the minutes the playoffs and i was like all right i can't get mad at that i can't get mad at that you giants fans you want to be watching the games but you fucking bought tickets to my show so, you know, you're going to do a little multitasking there. So I said, all right, two to one. And I was like, what inning is it? 
And the crowd starts yelling, you know, when a bunch of people are yelling and you're standing up on stage, it, it bounce, the sound bounces off the wall behind you. And it can be very hard to understand what people are saying. So I was like, what inning is it? And they're like, hey, hey. I'm like, what? What? And they're like, hey, hey. And I'm like, I, I, I go, I can't hear you. And they go, hey, hey. And I'm going, 80? Like, 80? Come on. What? What? And just fucking hold up your fingers and they kept yelling out and it sounded like they were saying 18 i go you know what it sounds like you're saying 18 what inning just one person one person was holding up seven fingers so i was like the seventh and they were like 18 that's what it kept sounding like i kept going it keeps sounding like you're saying the 18th a minute 90 excruciating seconds of this until i find out they were actually saying 18 it was the fucking 18th inning. The Nationals scored a run in like the third fucking inning to go up one to nothing. And then the Giants scored one in the top of the ninth to tie it up. Or the bottom of the ninth. Oh, no, top of the ninth. That's right. It was in Washington. To tie it at one to one. And then they didn't score again until the fucking top of the 18th. And neither did the Nationals. The Nationals went 15 fucking innings without scoring a run. The Giants played a whole nother baseball game before they scored another fucking run. And uh, unfucking believable. And you know what? It's oct- you know, if that happened in the middle of July, you'd want to kill yourself. But if it happens in October, it's unbelievable. You know, for as much shit as people give me as a hockey fan, why do you watch the regular season? It doesn't even count. Everybody makes it but, like, four fucking teams. It's like, yeah, but there's exciting games. They're allowed to fight, okay? There's great things that can happen, you know? Baseball, on the other fucking hand, other than the beginning in April where you're excited because it's a new season, other than that, I mean, it's just, it's fucking brutal until you get to October. And I would put baseball playoffs right up playoffs. i put it up there with any other fucking playoffs. Um... I actually, I love October baseball. Um, it's This is the best time of fucking year. October uh, playoff baseball, National Football League. The National Football League has been going on long enough where you're starting to know who's going to be competitive and who isn't. And then hockey's coming up. And then right after that, basketball. It's unfucking believable It's unbelievable. My life is perfect. <laughs> um, and I actually watched that first... Um, Cardinals Dodgers game. I didn't see game two. I watched game one and I was, I am 100% convinced that Donnie baseball is cursed. I mean, they had their race. What's the guy Kershaw? I don't even know. I don't even watch baseball. I have no fucking idea. And all I do is I, I just keep hearing about this guy that he's basically having like a season better than Pedro Martinez in like 1999. I'm like, I got to watch this guy. And uh, I start watching the game. And I know the Dodgers have this that unbelievable right fielder. He's like fucking Willie Mays on steroids. Not literally steroids, but, you know, people are just bigger now. And uh, so he gets drilled in the fucking arm when he's up there. And I guess the Cardinals were doing that shit last year. So all of a sudden, the next guy who comes up there, first baseman, who's like my height, he gets in the face of fucking some guy named Benji. I don't know anybody's name anymore. They start fucking screaming at each other. 
And uh, I was I was totally hooked. I was into it. The fucking Dodgers were up six to two. Going into the seventh or eighth fucking inning. All right. I think Clayton Kershaw is the name of the pitcher. I have no fucking idea. But now they all have beards and all that crazy shit. They all stole it from the Red Sox, who stole it from the homeless guys, right? And, uh, you know, they got their fucking ace. Guy's got, uh, what is it, 6-1 to one or 6-2. to two. He's got a four-run fucking lead. The goddamn game is over. All of a sudden, he loads up the bases. There's a single, 6-3. to three. There's another single, 6-4. to four. Donnie Baseball comes walking out like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? And the little bearded wonder goes, hey, I may not be able to grow a man's beard, but I know how to get out of this fucking inning. All right? I'm only at 100 pitches. I won the Cy Young Award. I won every fucking award you can win as a goddamn pitcher. I got this, Donnie. And Donnie Baseball makes the right choice. Absolutely. This is the move to make. We got to win game one. We got to do it on your arm, right? Fucking comes up. This other fucking dude who owns him. <laughs> this is the worst fucking sports coverage ever. I don't know anybody's name. He fucking hits a, a goddamn double that just clears the bases. Three runs score. Six to five, six to six. Now it's six to seven. They're down by a fucking run. And they got a man on second. Now Donnie Baseball comes out, pulls this fucking kid. Brings in this fucking palooka. He comes in, serves up a fucking meatball. It's there to left center field. Into the track. Unbelievable. Right? That's got to be the St. Louis fucking announcer. They score two more runs. It is now nine to six. They started the inning six to two. Up four fucking runs. With the greatest pitcher of the last 15 fucking years. By the end of the inning, they are down by three runs. How does that happen? You know how bad I'm rooting for the Dodgers to win? There's so many teams that I love this year. Kansas City, you got to love that they're back in it. The Baltimore Orioles, you got to love that they're back in it. You know? Don Mattingly, you got to want that guy to win a fucking, uh, you know, win a ring. And then you got the Giants... I mean, you know, they've just won two. I mean, I like seeing a fucking dynasty. Or whatever the fuck they would be called. It's great, right? Just a lot of fucking teams to root for. And then that's sitting there uh, suggesting that maybe the Cardinals are stealing signs from second base and that they have a reputation for doing that. And once I found out that's not illegal, it's like I fucking love these guys. And even if it was illegal, that's the kind of cheating that you got to respect. You know, if you can look over at your fucking neighbor's paper... And they're smarter than you are. You know? Are you really cheating or are you just delegating power? Um, anyways, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So I watched that whole game beside myself. I just can't fucking believe it. And the thing about Don Manley, he's such a class act. And he just sits there expressionless. And you know it's just ripping his fucking heart out. I want to see that guy get a ring so goddamn bad. If he doesn't, I would love to see either the Royals or the Orioles. Because when I first started watching playoff baseball, it was always the Royals would always win the West. And they could not get past the Yankees. Um, and then there was, uh, when did they, oh, they finally got by him in 1980. And then lost to the Phillies with Pete Rose at first base, dribbling the ball up to the pitcher. On the fucking AstroTurf. And um, 
Man, the Orioles, I, I let's see, I saw them win it in 83 in uh, the first World Series. Well, the third World Series that I watched, 1979, the Orioles versus the Pirates. So I was hoping the Pirates were going to win their one-game playoff and maybe I could have a rematch in 1979. And then they'd bring back, we are family. Woo-hoo-hoo, hi-hoo. Um, sorry. Um, anyways, uh, so I watched that shit. So that, I'm, I'm rooting for uh, Donnie Baseball. So anyway, so I'm, I'm watching that shit. Then I go out and I go do my show. Smoke a cigar. And one of the greatest things you can do after you smoke a cigar is besides take a fucking shower and gargle with mouthwash for an hour, you're still going to wake up with that taste in the back of your throat. So if you have access to a steam shower, you go down and you take a, ste- you take a steam and you fucking sweat out all the impurities. And... Um, and then you, you, you're, you're good to go. You go out, you fucking jump in a cold shower. A lot of people don't know how to take a fucking steam. You know? They fucking go into the steam, sweat their fucking nuts off, and then they walk out and they stand there. Oh, God, it's hot as shit. And they just stand there. And then they, they fucking go back in. And then they come back out. And then they go, I got one more session in me. And they fucking go back in again. Morons. Fucking morons. All right? This is how you take a steam. You just stay in there for like 10 minutes. That's all you need. And as you're in there for 10 minutes, be wiping the, the, the fucking sweat off of you. Your body is, is when you sweat, it's releasing toxins. Your skin is like a sponge. If you let it sit there on you, okay, you're going to fucking reabsorb some of it. As you're sitting there in the fucking steam shower. These fucking guys do that. Then you're supposed to walk out of the steam shower and immediately walk in and take an ice cold shower immediately. So your pores stay closed and you wash off as much of the fucking toxins that you sweated out as possible. And you will feel like a fucking million bucks. All right. And all you need to do is just be in the the ice cold water for like, you know, whatever, five, six seconds. However long it takes you to fucking hose off your body. And then you can turn it on to an acceptable temperature. And then you're good to go. And you always wear flip-flops so you don't get fucking planter's warts or athlete's foot or any other fucking awful bacteria that's, that's, that's in the goddamn, you know, thing there, right? So, um, anyways, the fucking, uh, what was I going to say? So I, we fucking go there. There's, I, I, I walk in, I'm with Lawhead, and I walk in to see if there's anybody in the steam shower. And I walk... And there's the uh, the sauna, which is just the dry heat. And I look in there, and there is this Asian dude completely fucking naked. Okay, he had the decency to put his arm in front of his junk as I walked by, kind of like Burt Reynolds when he did the fucking uh, the Playgirl, whatever the, the Playgirl centerfold or whatever the fuck he did. Um, so I'm like, oh, God. A naked Asian. A nation. We got a nation in there, lawyer. And he's like, and we're just sitting. I mean, he's sitting there butt-ass naked on the fucking seat that someone else has to sit on. It's fucking unbelievable. So, me and Law had, you know, because I was walking in to make sure that the steam was on. Uh, so then, we fucking come walking back in. And as we walk back in, the the naked Asian, the nation there is had gone into the shower. He knew to take the cold shower. And he just comes walking out completely fucking naked. All right? So I'm laughing. There's always the fucking naked guy. All right? So then I, uh, 
I open the sauna and, I, and no, 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 no. I, I fucked up. As as we go, that's right. Then we go back to the lockers. We change. Now we're walking back in. We're laughing about the naked Asian dude. And right as we go to turn the fucking corner to go into the sauna, like the fucking Truman Show, four people walk in front of us and go right into the sauna. And there's this little fuck. I mean, the steam room. It's this little ass fucking steam room. And they all fucking go in there. And I'm thinking, oh man, maybe it's, maybe there'll be enough room. And I open the door, and they're all just fucking sitting there. It's just a nice guy, packed house, whatever. These guys will just be in here for 10 minutes. So me and Lawhead go back, and we're just sitting there, and we're laughing about the naked Asian dude, right? Um, long story short, these fucking jerk-offs are in this goddamn uh, steam room, and they're doing that shit where they're coming out, so fucking hot, and then drinking water, letting it all reabsorb. And they're just going back in. They're in there for like a fucking half hour. So finally me and Lawhead are like, fuck. We got to go and, like, you know, we want to go watch the football. What the fuck are we going to do? You know, what are our options? You got all fucking 20 sweaty ball guys in there. Or we go in with the nation in, in, in the sauna. So we say, well, the naked Asian guy had left. At least we thought he did. So then we go into the sauna. And who comes fucking walking back? The naked Asian. But now he's got a fucking towel on. Now he sits down. Me and Jay are fucking wearing towels. Thank God, generally speaking, they come from a polite culture, so he leaves his towel on. So I'm thinking, all right, we're good here. We're fucking good here. And I'm sitting there, and the sauna, uh, the, 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 the sauna isn't hot enough, so the door hasn't clouded up. So we're just sitting there. We can see right out the door. And all of a sudden, this other naked guy, completely fucking naked, comes walking out of the fucking steam thing. Just butt-ass naked. And is standing there like fucking Will Ferrell in old school at the water fountain. Bending over, getting a goddamn drink. And me and Jay are just laughing our asses off, staring down at the floor going, what the fuck is going on? And then the naked Asian guy crosses his fucking legs and starts cracking his toes in the ungodly silence in this fucking sauna as this fucking Will Ferrell ass is in front of us. We're just like, I I can't fucking believe it, right? So then we're sitting there and we got this, like I said, the window isn't fogged up. Then this fucking World War II vet comes walking by completely fucking naked. You know, the greatest generation. They never put a towel on. He comes fucking walking by, old man, balls and dick and everything. And we, at this point, we're just fucking, what, there's nothing to do to just start laughing. And another guy comes walking and he has a robe on, another tub of shit. And he goes into the, he goes into the steam. And finally, we're like, look, if we just don't fucking walk in there, we're never going to be able to take a steam. And I fucking hate a sauna. I don't like the dry heat. I like the other thing. So we finally come walking in there. All right. And as I walk in, I see a place where I can sit down. This is all fogged up. And I see out of the corner of my eye, there's someone else sitting there, no towel on, dick and balls hanging out. So I go to shoot the guy a dirty look. And who is it? It's the naked Asian. I thought he left. He didn't. He left, got in the shower and then fucking went back in there. Fucking nightmare. So then we're sitting in there. All right. The Will Ferrell naked dude, two fat fucks and the naked Asian, and me and Jay Lawhead are sitting in there, right? And the football guys, now they're running their yaps, totally killing any sort of relaxing, just sort of chilling out. As relaxed as you can be with fucking, you know, naked guys all around you. And they're sitting there, they, you know, former athletes, 
talking about sports and some sort of benefit that they were doing. Oh, man, Arizona was unbelievable. It was just hookers everywhere, people drinking, blah, 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 blah. Kids, guys telling the story. It was some sort of benefit for kids. And in the end, he goes, you know, but it's all about the kids. It's all about the kids. Fucking jerk off starts the story talking about hookers. Um, anyways, long story short, it finally ends up just being the two of us in there. And we're just laughing our covered balls off. I, I've never seen, I've never seen it like that ever. Look, like if you go to any sort of fucking gym, any sort of locker room, there's going to be the naked guy, the guy just standing there, right? And for you ladies out there, you'd probably think that, well, it's got to be the well-endowed guy showing off his fucking goddamn mule, right? It, it, it usually isn't. It's usually just fucking some average guy, regular old fucking user-friendly dick just standing there. You know, like the kind of package that they always make when they're like sculptors make, you know, they never make like a fucking huge dick statue. They don't. They just draw a regular old dick. That's what it usually is. And there's usually one of them. And you just sit there going, ah, there's always one. Why the fuck? Does he fucking not notice he's the only fucking naked dude in here? For Christ's sake, cover yourself, right? But there's always that one guy, unless you go to the YMCA. Then there's usually about three because there's older people there. I never seen a fucking dick and ball display like this in my life. I'm fucking believable. We were joking. We were waiting for what's-his-face, Uncle Milty, to come walking in. (laughs) Um, Anyways, so that's the dick and ball story. So... Plowing ahead here. Oh, I actually said that I was going to tell you a fucking a goddamn creepy story here. Um, and I got to wrap this podcast up because uh, I got, you know, old Billy's got a day job now. Tell you what, I'll read the rest of the advertising and then I'll, uh, I'll tell you this fucking terrifying story that I read while on a plane. All right. So the terrifying story that I have been teasing, teasing you guys about. Over the last couple of, uh, I don't know, minutes here. Um, so, anyways, the shows went great in San Francisco. In San Francisco. And um, we're flying back. And uh, my wife bought um, Vanity Fair, I think. I don't know. Um, it's the magazine where Robert Downey Jr. is on the cover. And he looks like he's leaning out of the porthole of a ship. Dressed in a tuxedo. It makes you think, are they are they remaking the Titanic? It's one of those photos. So she says, hey, you ought to, you know, she knows I'm a fan, obviously. The guy's an unbelievable fucking actor. And she goes, hey, this is a great article. You ought to read it. So I'm looking in the table of contents. You know, it's one of those magazines you got to go buy 50 pages of adverti- advertisements before um, – you know, you get to the actual story and so I, the table of contents. So I found the table of contents and there was this story about this flight um, that was flying from Brazil to Paris, France. Um, and it was talking about technology and, and how this thing just basically fell out of the fucking sky because the pilots, it was the perfect storm of not communicating, getting confused a malfunction in the the the, the system and um, these guys not being able to recover. It was un- you know what the malfunction was? 
basically they were flying out and the uh, the captain, he'd only got an hour's sleep and he wanted to go take a nap. They had some thunderstorms or whatever, a line of storm clouds coming up. They're flying at 36,000 feet and this guy wanted to climb up to 38, which is basically the ceiling that that plane could fly at safely because at that point the air is going to be too thin and I would assume that the engine has to work too hard to suck in the air, suck, squeeze, bang, blow, whatever the fuck they say, how jet engine works. Um, and they said that the guy sounded nervous. And it was this weird thing where the guy had like, the, the co-pilot had like over 2,500 hours, which is a significant amount of time flying a fucking, this type of an airplane. But most of it was just sitting there while it was on autopilot. And this was kind of the point of, of the, um, the article where, how just through the, the whole timeline of aviation back in the day, you just had stick and rudder guys and they just flew the fucking thing. Um, and then gradually they worked in these automated systems and the pilots were arguing against them saying there's nothing better than a thinking human being. And then these automated systems got so good that the, um, basically accidents and everything went through the floor and it became way safer to fly and the automated systems took over. But now they've gotten to the point where, I don't know, they're saying that they can actually be dangerous. So basically what happened was the, the captain went to go take a nap and then this other guy goes and he sits down and there was a miscommunication as to who the pilot in command was or who was in command or whatever. And they don't even have sticks anymore up there. They have like a joystick that you move and then the system interprets the movement. Like not instantly. It has to have that split second where it interprets it and then it, it, it acts on whatever movement you did. And um, the sticks can't, uh, the joysticks can't move at the same time. Like say if both people in both, um, both seats up there, if one was to move the joystick to the right and the other was to move it all the way to the left, what the computer would do would split the difference on the movement. And I don't know. It just basically all that happened was they went into this storm and the air was cold enough where the water droplets had formed into ice crystals and it blocked their pitot tube. The pitot tube is, you know, is on all aircraft. It's just a tube that points towards the front of the aircraft. And as you fly, as the air is coming in, it, that's how you figure out your airspeed. So what happened was they flew through this ice. Ice went into the pitot tube. It froze it up so the air couldn't go in anymore. So they no longer could, they lost their, uh, their airspeed indicator. So they immediately lost that. All right, and they had the lights on in the cabinet. They're out over the ocean. There must have been, there must have not been any moonlight or anything. So basically, they couldn't see a horizon. All right, but all they had to do was just look at that little plane thing that just lets you know if you're level or not. And for some reason, when they lost their airspeed indicator, they then lost all faith in the entire fucking system. And the nervous Nelly guy who wanted to climb, you know, above the storm, he wanted to fly at the absolute height. 
his immediate instinct was he started pulling the, the or moving the joystick back. And if you lose all faith in your instruments and you and you don't have any horizon to look at, you don't know where the fuck you're at. And this dude was panicking, so he pulled the stick back too far and it got to the point where they were going to stall. And I forget, it's such a long fucking article and it's really involved. So he, they start, the other guy starts going, no, what are you doing? What are you doing? Do this, do this. And he starts moving his thing. And then the, the computer is going dual input, meaning that they're both moving the fucking thing. So they start going up and down. And they, they basically, the fucking nervous Nelly, he pulls it all the way back. And they start feeling the, the, the airplane starts rocking. And that's that point where you're going to stall because at that point, the airfoil is, is so far back, you're, you're going to lose lift. And it, the air is just tumbling over the t- It's like all of a sudden now, you might as well have a fucking two pieces of plywood like flying into the fucking wind. So they start losing altitude. So they see that they're losing altitude. They're basically starting to fall out of the fucking sky. Um, and what kills me is in part of this, as they started to drop... They started to basically fall out of the fucking sky and not recognizing the sound of, of, of basically as the, as the air's rolling over the fucking wind, uh, over the wings there, that they were starting, they were going to stall. They were so in their head looking at the fucking screens going, what the fuck? This, this thing's going haywire. Where are we? They panicked. And this fucking guy kept pulling back. He pulled back the fucking joystick so far they almost got to a 46-degree angle, they said. It was so far back that the computer didn't even recognize that as an input that would be possible because no one would do it. So it stopped saying stall, that thing that's, you know, or pull up, pull up. It's, oh, no, I wouldn't say pull up there. It stopped warning that they were going to stall. So then it got quiet, and they're literally just falling out of the fucking sky. They were falling at like, like 10,000 feet per minute at one point. Okay, so do the fucking math. They're like 36,000 feet up. They're falling 10. Th- you got three minutes before you're going to hit the deck, right? So these fucking guys, the one guy goes, no, level the nose, level the nose. So he goes to level it off from 46 degrees to start bringing it back down to something that the computer could actually understand. And as he brings it down again, it starts going stall, stall, stall. So he pulled back again so it would stop saying that shit. And then they're calling the captain, and the captain finally goes up there, and now he's come in in the middle of this fucking crisis. He doesn't know what's going on. He at, they, he at no point was informed that the pitot tube was frozen. And at this point, they had lost so much altitude that they were down into warmer air, and it, and it unfroze, and it was the, the airspeed indicator was actually fucking working. But they had no faith in it. And these guys were basically falling out of the fucking sky. And this is the scariest thing. When they get to 12,000 feet, that was the last moment that they had where they could have just pushed the joystick forward and started a dive. And that they would, at the speed that they were falling, that they would have had enough time to try to restart those engines and fucking pull back up again, you know, and basically buzz the surface of the fucking water. And, um, they kept falling. They were falling at 1.15 thousand feet per minute. And uh, the whole thing, they just basically pancaked into the ocean in a perfectly good airplane because their pitot tubes froze. 
and because they panicked and because I guess most of their hours is just sitting there letting something else fly the fucking plane. I'd never heard of this story. Uh, I believe it's in Vanity Fair. I can't, I can't believe I just said all this shit and I can't even tell you. Yeah, and, I'm, and of course, I'm reading this on a, uh, on a flight. <laughs> and I remember at the end of my flight, this baby-faced looking dude gets out. Um, baby-faced to me, I'm 46. He looked like he wasn't even 30. And, you know, he's doing this simple flight, San Francisco to L.A., nice quick flight, but whatever. You know, we're flying commercial airline. We're flying all the way up there. and uh, But it was during the day. So that was one thing that was actually keeping me calm. I'm like, even if the pedo tubes were to freeze up, this guy can still see the horizon. Um, but anyways, man, it was absolutely terrifying. And they were writing the dialogue of the shit that they were saying. And every input that they, they would like describe what the plane was doing what they should have done and then they would then they would write out the dialogue of what they did and what they said and I'm telling you dude my fucking heart was in my throat. Um so for someone who flies all the fucking time, you know, that wasn't a very fun article to be reading. Um shit, I gotta end this fucking podcast. I didn't even get into any of the questions for this week. Uh really really quickly, uh the Patriots came back against the Bengals and uh I know a lot of people are now gonna go all the way to the other side. Oh uh, they're gonna win the Super Bowl. Um I don't think the Patriots were the team that lost to the uh, Chiefs, and I don't think they they were necessarily that team last night. I think they're somewhere in the middle. I'm hoping they're more towards the team that beat the Bengals, but I think we got a couple more brutal losses in us. Um, you saw what happened when Revis went down, and I hate to say it, but he gets injured a lot. Um, the second he got injured, they fucking scored in goddamn two, three plays. But you know what's amazing about Darrell Revis? Even the fact that he's on our fucking team and that I'm actually cheering for that guy who I couldn't – I always respected, but I hate him because he was a Jet. He's only 29 years old. I had no idea. He seems like he's been in the league forever, and he also looks like he's like 37. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's plow ahead in. The Jets, Jesus Christ, J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 they're in a fucking bad way, man. They are in a bad goddamn way. I didn't see that one. I, I watched the Cowboys, Texans, which was a great game. I, I, I saw a little bit of the Bills game. Big win for them. How about the Cleveland Browns coming back? Um, and also the Saints. A lot of great games. Those 1 o'clock games were fucking insane this week. But uh, I got to plow ahead here. Let me just read some of your questions, and uh, then I'll get out of here. Um, Aussie with an idea. Bill, how about you shoot your next special in Australia? You draw huge crowds here. And when was the last time someone shot a special down here? Um... You know what? I, I did this last one down south. I kind of like taping them in a different place. I don't know how to fuck. What kind of cameras do you guys have over there? Do you guys make movies over there? Or do you wait for us to make them for you? That would be my big question. Do you have the latest in fucking the technology? Because then maybe, you know, maybe I would. No, nah, I wouldn't. Hey, Bill, why don't you get on a plane and fly 14 hours and have jet lag and then do your fucking special? I'm not going to do that. I will definitely be touring your country, though. We're looking at January. Um, all right. Car. Dear Billy Oil Rag, I want to get an old car and learn to fix it. Every time I ask someone what make and model year I should buy, they give me horrible answers. Can you please narrow it down to two or three cars from the late 60s to the early mid-70s? That would be a great car to work on. I know there are a ton of answers. Just looking for a place to start. I have a little experience with parts and repair, but not a lot. That's why I want to dive right in and learn. Thanks. Uh, well, look, you want to call, you want to 
you, you, I would ask uh, Christopher Titus. He could give you that answer. But I would tell you what I would do if I was you. All right? What I would do is I would buy an old fucking engine. All right? I would buy, I'd buy that fucking thing that you, that whatever that engine mount thing is that you can have. Not engine mount. That thing where you can just have it on a rotisserie. All right? And I would take that entire fucking thing apart and rebuild that engine. All right? I might even do that a couple of fucking times. Just so I got it down. So that that's how I would learn. Don't go out and go buy a whole new a whole fucking car. Just go buy a fucking engine. Just take the, you know, what would you do? You'd remove the carburetor, then you got the intake manifold, then you got the valve covers, then you got the valves. Take all of that shit off. Then you're down to your fucking, your, your pistons, right? I'm not good with the electrical or anything like that, but you go all the way, you know, camshaft, all the way down to the crankshaft. And if you just start over, even if you just put the thing back to fucking gather with the old shit, although probably you'll probably have a problem trying to get some of the shit off. You might break something, but I would just do that. And I would buy, if you could, <laughs> buy a four-cylinder. I look at it the same way I learned how to tune drums. You start with your smallest drum that had the fewest amount of lugs, so it was easier to tune because you couldn't make that many mistakes. So I would actually, if, I, if you can't buy an old four-cylinder engine at a junkyard, I would buy an old six-cylinder. Then you only have six cylinders you got to worry about. Or you could just buy the eight-cylinder, and then you got to do everything eight fucking times, and you're going to be that much better at it. And I think once you fucking tear down an engine and then just build the thing back up, even if you did it a couple, two, three times... Um, I mean, I think that that's the way to go. Two, three times, just buy an old engine, buy the whole fucking kit on how to replace everything. Go through the hell of fucking getting it apart and shit being stuck and frozen and all gooped together. Get that whole fucking thing torn apart and then rebuild the thing. Make all your fucking mistakes and then do it again. And then do it again and then do it again and then do it again. And then go out and buy the fucking car you want to buy. You know, I mean, dude, you can buy an old piece of shit fucking engine for a couple hundred bucks. And then go buy what I forget how much the, the I was going to do this if I ever had fucking time in my life. I think that that's the way to go about doing it rather than buying a whole goddamn car that's going to have all kinds of other fucking problems. If you just learn how to do basically the heart of the goddamn engine, I really feel like all of a sudden the rest of the car is not going to be nearly as intimidating. Uh, maybe the transmission could get a little uh a little scary, but that's another thing too. Go out and buy a fucking transmission. Take it apart, rebuild it, put it back together, do it again, do it again, do it again. Sorry, the, uh, the batteries just crapped out on me there. Now I'm fucking late and I got to get going here. So yeah, that's what I would do if uh, if you want to learn how to, you know, how to fix up a car. I mean, that's 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 basic what I would do. Maybe if, you know, people who are into cars, gearheads out there, if, they, if you know a better way to go about it, um, which I'm sure you do, um, but that's basically what I would do. And uh, but if you are going to buy a car, man, um, I don't know. I, I would maybe uh, what are those cars that always had the slant six that everybody says like the greatest engine and the easiest thing to work on? You know, everything's like right in a row. All the spark plugs, all of that stuff is like right there. Um, I would work with Dodge Darts. I think usually had those. There's the uh, lower level models. I don't know. I'm not, I don't know cars to that level, but uh, that is on, um, you know, I would like to do that at some point. 
just take apart a whole engine and then rebuild it and put it back together. Even if I didn't put it in something, just sell it or something and give it to somebody else. Um, Cause I think that's cool as hell to know how to do something like that. If I just had the fucking time in my life and speaking of time, I don't have any time here. So I got to, uh, I got to jump off here. Uh, thanks to everybody listening to the podcast and uh, thanks to everybody in San Francisco. It was ridiculous. The amount of people that showed up, um, I had a great time, and I appreciate you guys listening to the new material as I'm working it out. As I have a new special, as I mentioned before, coming out on Netflix December 5th. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Anything Better podcast, NFL edition for BetMGM going into week number five. As you guys can tell, I am sitting here um, alone. Well, not alone. We always have the the Greek freak is always by your side. You know, he's like uh, Maverick at the beginning of Top Gun 1, where, uh, who was it? Was it Wolfman? Wait, who was the one that was freaking? Oh, Cougar. Cougar. Come on, Cougar. Come on, Cougar. As a kid, I never knew what his problem was. He was just always there shaking. Like, what's the matter? As a little kid, you're like, why is he staring at that woman and child? And, the, you know, and now you realize. But uh, <laughs> Andrew Themlis is, oh, Andrew's like, we got to go. Got to go get Paul. Something's wrong. <laughs> um, we are here. Um, Bill, we have a weird week right now, guys. But we're never going to not do our picks. Um, we're never not going to do our picks. But Bill had to go and take care of a personal matter. I am going to the airport because I'm going to Europe. So we need to do these picks this way. Um, but don't you worry because we have thought out picks and uh, we are uh, ready to go. But before we get into the picks, we have to, of course, talk about uh, BetMGM, our amazing sponsor, BetMGM. As you guys know, we've been working with BetMGM now for our, our second season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code BURR. Couldn't be easier, guys. B-U-R-R. Okay, all you got to do is use that bonus code and you'll get 100% risk-free up to 1000 on your first wager. Here's how it works. You're going to go to BetMGM, uh, download the app. You're going to sign up using bonus code BURR. You're going to deposit uh, at least $10 and place your first wager on the game. You'll receive up to 1000 in free bets, which is incredible if you lose uh, even if it loses, uh, just make sure you use bonus code Burr, B-U-R-R, when you sign up. And uh, these are the best lines out there, guys. That's why we use them. Now, going. so what's going to happen with this episode is you're going to hear my picks, and then Andrew will cut, and you will hear Bill's picks, okay? Uh, we have the lines. Even though we're in different locations not doing the show together, we know exactly what's going on in the NFL. So last week, I believe, I, I well, I know I went two and two. Because uh, the Detroit Lions and the Bucks screwed me over, but I did get um, I did get uh, the who won for me the uh, the the who did I pick I picked the Chargers definitely won for me and the Cowboys that's right so I had the Chargers and Cowboys thought the Lions were gonna come back and I was gonna start three and zero going into that Buccaneers game. But uh, what could I say, man? Maybe the Chiefs are going to make me eat my words. They went into Tampa, beat Brady after a loss. Bucks got back-to-back losses. So I go two and two. And uh, Andrew, did Bill go one and three? I think Bill might have went one and three. 
Um, but we will have all of that. Yes. We'll have all that information. So there you go. Bill goes one and three. I go two and two. And um, we looked at the we looked at the um, lines. So we will do our picks. Uh, we'll do our picks now. All right. So this is this is a different. Last week, the lines were kind of close and similar. Now you got eight and a half point lines, fourteen point lines, three point lines, seven, five and a half. It's a weird week, Andrew. It's all over the place this week. But um, all right. So one of my picks here out of my four, I'm not going to say my first because Bill is going to do his. But um, my, I'm going to go with my first pick of this episode will be, I have to do it. I'm going to be there. It's the New York football Giants. I'm on the field, guys. I mean, I'm on the field with my family in London to see my New York football Giants play the Packers. By the way, the Giants are three and one. They're going against the juggernaut, um, Aaron Rodgers. But here's why I like the pick. I like the pick because we are getting eight and a half points. And we're in London. We're going to be fired up. You control the clock with Saquon Barkley. You let Saquon Barkley run. I'm not saying we win the game. I think there's a chance. but uh, So you're saying there's a chance. Um, but I think the way we can control the clock with the running game, if we could give him some protection there, um, I like the eight and a half points. So I'm going to take the New York football Giants plus eight and a half with me and my family there in London. For no other reason, one of the Giants needs to listen to our podcast and say, hey, let's do this for old Paulie. <laughs> right? Come on, man. He's got his wife and kids are there. My daughter and son are going to be in jerseys. What are you going to do? Lose by nine? All right. This is where it gets tricky, guys. Okay? This is where it gets tricky because like these, these games I said, there's a lot of there's a lot of weird ones. Like the Rams need a win because the Rams are in – you know, two and two, but the Cowboys are clicking. Do I touch that? I don't know. Does Bill touch that? I don't know. The Raiders won. So did the Chiefs. Do I touch that? I don't know. I'm going to tell you what I'm going to do with my second pick, though. What I'm going to do with my second pick is the Jacksonville. I don't know why I'm doing this. Okay. It's hard to say the Jacksonville Jaguars with seriousness, but they were in that game against the Eagles, dude. In Philly, they were in that game. As a matter of fact, they were winning that game 14 to nothing. Then the Eagles come back. I'm going to take the Jaguars minus seven at home after a loss. You know my theory. A good to decent team after a loss coming home. They're playing the hapless Houston Texans. I like the Jacksonville Jaguars to bounce back. Trevor Lawrence to have a big game. I like the Jaguars to win that game by a touchdown. So I'm going to take minus seven for the Jags. All right. Um, not touching that one. I know Bill's going to touch that game, and I'm just going to be a gentleman and let him take it, I think. Um, I'm going to take the Los Angeles Chargers again. On the road, minus three. Herbert is fully healed. I'm going to take the Chargers going into Cleveland, winning that game by a field goal. I love it that it's only three points, minus three. My third pick will be the Los Angeles Chargers, uh, a, a healed ribbed, a healed ribs. Uh, Justin Herbert wins that game. So I'm going to take that one. And for my. Final pick, I will take 
Oof. Oh my God. I almost just did something, Andrew. And then I, it was like when you're about to hit the golf ball and then you step <laughs> back, you know, and like you line up and you think it's right. And then I just was like, I need to take a step back, but I'll take the Thursday night game. I'm going to take the Broncos at home after a loss. There's the theory. There's my theory. That's actually the perfect example of my theory. For you people that don't know, I have a homecoming theory, and my homecoming theory is exactly that. A good to decent team. Okay, they lost a tough one to the Raiders. The Raiders needed a win. They got it. Now Russell Wilson goes home against the Indianapolis Colts. Again, it's a low-line three. Should the Broncos beat the Colts by three in Denver? Yes, they should. Those are my picks. Um, And right now it is time for the what? For the Monday night special. It's time for the Monday night special, everybody. And this Monday night, I'm not going to lie, it's a doozy. It is a division rival. It is the Las Vegas Raiders coming off their first win, going into the Kansas City Chiefs, who keep winning. And uh, it is a seven-point spread. The under-over is 51. Okay? Um, Right off the bat, I like the under. Right off the bat, I like under 51. Okay. That's a lot of po- that's a lot of touchdowns. You know, that's what's 48 points is how many touchdowns is 49? Uh four. Right? Four touchdowns is 49. No. Seven, seven touchdowns is 49. Seven times seven is 49. Jesus God, how bad is my math? Five is five times. That is 35. So, wow. So, that's a lot of touchdowns. That's seven total touchdowns. I don't know why I was thinking. I don't know why. I, I Yeah, that would be actually – the way my math was, I'm like, oh, 28 is four. I don't know how I got that. There was um, some, some two-point conversions in your head. I was, I was – yeah, I don't know what I was thinking, dude. That's – thank God. That, that's why I don't help my son with his algebra. Um, Okay. So, I like the under – and and Bill and I are in agreement that I'll just read these these off for the Monday night special. I like under 51. Um, that's a lot of touchdowns, even if they that's seven. To, I, I like that. So uh, as a matter of fact, seven touchdowns can happen and we still win the bet. So I'm going to take we're going to go under 51 to start. Now, here's where it gets tricky. Do the Raiders go in there and lose a close game, which I think can happen? You think, what do you think, Andrew? You think the Raiders are going to win? No, I actually think the Chiefs are going to win. And I think, think the Chiefs are going to blow them out. I think the Raiders look good overall. Like, I, I mean, I'm, they're coming into certain weeks where I'm like, yeah, the Raiders can win this game. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I, right now, I mean, Did the Chiefs, the Chiefs win this game by more than seven. Is that what I you're think thinking? So. I think they worked out most of their problems for now. Maybe not playoffs, but for Ooh, now. You're talking about the Chiefs. Yeah, I'm saying the Chiefs are work have worked out most of their problems and 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 they're they're still they're they're still Mahomes gonna make it happen over Carr in the fourth quarter. Mahomes gonna make it happen over Carr in the fourth quarter is definitely something that I think most people agree with. But here's the thing. The Raiders cannot this is borderline. I mean, I don't want to go as far as saying playoff implications, but here's the deal. The Raiders are the Raiders are one and three, dude. If the Raiders, the Raiders are one and three, dude, with Devontae Adams, this is a division rival. Bill always talks about those. Now, you know, when I see those division rivalry games, even when both teams are bad, like the Falcons, Saints, stuff like that, it's always close. If the Raiders go one and four, 
their chances of doing anything this year are finished. So I think that they go into the game and we get better odds for our fans. I like the seven points. I like the seven points. I like the Raiders. I'm not saying the Raiders are going to win the game by any stretch, but I could see the Chiefs beating them by a field goal and the Raiders hanging in there. Also, the Raiders are kind of flying high with their first win. Maybe they think they might have figured something out. They were playing a decent team in the Broncos, and it'll be better odds for the people. I don't know. I think Carr and Devontae Adams start something this week. You know, I think everybody's taking the Chiefs, which makes me not like it. Um, So we're going to go. We're going to take the points, Andrew. We're going to take the plus seven points. We're going to take under 51, and we will take – um, I mean, Mahomes to throw one is not going to be great odds, right? Should we do Derek Carr to throw one? If you think that they're gonna they're gonna cover, then he's gonna have to throw one. Derek, so, Derek yeah. Carr is gonna Derek Carr. I mean, if the if if the under over is fifty one, I mean, Derek he's Carr. Cover, he's gonna have to throw three. So if you believe the he's, cover, he's, then yeah. And he's got Devontae Adams. I like that. I think Derek Carr to throw one will take the Raiders getting seven and we'll take under 51 for the Monday night special guys. I'll be honest. I really like that. I really like that. The only thing that would suck is if it starts out 21, nothing, but I like car to throw one. Like you said, he almost has to, which yeah, is a really you, good. If you think he covers, you can't put money on them covering and not put money on car throwing one. Well, that, that's, that's exactly right. And, and, Maybe the defenses hold a little tough. 51, that means Vegas thinks this is going to be a big-time shootout, which is another reason why Carr is going to throw one. But we're going to do that. So there you go, everybody. That's the Monday Night Special. Derek Carr to throw a touchdown. The Raiders getting seven and under uh, 51 overall points will be your Monday Night Special for the Anything Better um, BetMGM NFL preview for week number five. Enjoy Bill's picks. All right, with my first pick. Oh, Billy Winless. The one-win wonder. One in three every fucking week. I like the Tennessee Titans minus two against the Washington Commanders. I don't know why this only it's only two points. I have no idea. I don't know if there's somebody hurt on Tennessee. Commanders got their ass kicked against the Eagles, and then they shit the bet against the Cowboys. And I bet them last week, and they fucked me. So, uh... So fuck them, because I'm petty. This is a petty bet. I'm telling you right now, minus two. I'm also I'm taking I'm taking the Colts. Colts I think are, are they're like this. They're like this. They're like this. They're like they're they're fucking doing. Everybody thinks oh you know uh, Reggie Theus being the quarterback now of uh, Reggie Lewis. Why can't I ever remember his fucking name? The guy from Seattle. He's the quarterback of the Broncos. They think he's going to come in. What's his name? What's his name? Russell. Russell Wilson. Thank you, Mike Bertolina at All Things Comedy. I'm going to take the Colts plus three. I mean, I mean, the game hasn't even started. I already have three points. Why wouldn't I do that? First drive, easy seven. What the fuck did I? All right, I'm also going to. I'm going to take my New England Patriots minus three against the hapless Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. You know what the problem is over there, Andrew? The what? first guy who bought the team was a football guy, and he knew football, and they won three fucking titles. Yes, they did. All right, with that that Bobby Lane guy going out fucking hitting the Hooters, the first Hooters, the original one in 1953, right? And then ever since then, they keep passing it down to the family, and evidently nobody taught those kids how to throw, 
because they can't fucking run a team to save their life. They at some point they need to step out. It's like a whole family of Jerry Joneses. You know, yeah. it's just like just shut up and let the football people do you know, go get a facelift. Get out of here. All right. So I got Tennessee minus two. I got the Colts plus three. I got the Patriots minus three. And you know what? What's going on with those Dolphins? Is Tua, Tua Tunga Fafaya? Is he coming back? He's coming back. Yes, no. He's supposed to play, but there was a concussion protocol last week that he, or they, he should have had gone into the... There's an Italian in the corner saying, I doubt it. And I'm talking gambling here, so I'm going to, you know, you dance with who brung you. Uh, am I going to... Oh, Los Angeles charges. Verzi took that, you fucking goddamn son of a bitch. All 580 took it, didn't you? Um, I don't know where to go from here. San Francisco. Uh, what do you think, Mike? They're going to go in there? It's, it got Mike Bertoli and everybody. It, they're, they're minus five and a half going into Carolina where they got Baker Mayfield with something to prove. What do you mean he's dog shit? The guy, the guy won a playoff game for the fucking Browns. Oh, look at the numbers. Oh, the numbers. QBR, the, the, the league right now. Well, it's probably because he's playing for the Panthers. You know what I mean? All right, fuck it. I'm taking the 49ers. Because the guy from San Francisco just told me so. I love Italians. I can't, I can't lay off. You know what I mean? I just feel like there's going to be wine and some fucking food or some shit. All right, those are my picks. And what did we do for the Monday night special? Uh... Paul wanted under 51, uh, the Raiders plus seven, and Carr to throw one. I like that. The Raiders. The Raiders are due. I mean, what are they, 0-4, 0-3? Yeah, this is make or break for the Raiders right now, so that's why he, yeah. he made a case for that. Uh, you know. You know what? I think they come out and they wear those white jerseys with the silver numbers. Everybody gets a little more amped up, and I think they come out and I think they cover. They bust some people in from Oakland. It's going to happen this week. Yeah, real old school Oakland people. Yeah. Okay. Not 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 the fucking uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show Raider fans. I mean, yeah, yeah, those fucking the guys who stabbed those people at the fucking Stones concert, right? They bring those guys in at eighty. All right, that's it. Those are my picks. Uh, gamble responsibly. Uh, and and there we go, man. That's uh, that's pretty much what we got. Um, when I come back from the trip and Bill's back and everything is better, we will do, be doing another anything better. So for all the fans asking what's going on, it's just been with Bill uh, doing stuff with a project, with uh, my traveling now, coming back in the middle of the month, that's what's going on. But the Greek freak is on it. So all you guys reaching out going, oh, you guys still doing it? Yes, we're still doing it. We're just going to finish out uh, what we're doing and, and oh, don't be back. Forget, don't, don't forget to tell the listeners that they can watch you on the NFL Network in London. That's true. That's true. For all the shit that you hear me talk on this, um, you know, your boy's not just your boy's. The, the NFL knows about your boy. Make no mistake about that. So I will be on uh, NFL Network's uh, NFL Total Access on. Um, so I'm I'm filming it Wednesday night. So we're it's what? It's, it's six hours ahead. And I'm going to be on in the eight o'clock hours. So let's do the math on that. Yeah. Uh, no. It's five hour difference or six, five. It's five. Yeah. Okay. So it'll be around, I guess, two o'clock. It'll be around two o'clock in the afternoon on Wednesday. Um, and it'll be Wednesday night where I am, but I will be live on there with, uh, 
host Derek Carr. I'm, I'm going to be, oh no, not Derek Carr. That's uh, I'm, his brother, David Carr is one of the hosts. So we'll be talking about that. Hey, I'll even tell him I took his brother. How about that? Um, and uh, you guys can check that out as well. Also, don't forget, if you go to Paul Verzi's, uh, the Paul Verzi YouTube channel, um, you can check out my last appearance on um, Good Morning Football, or at least a segment on it with the Tom Brady stuff. Check out the Verzi Effect. Check out Bill's Monday Morning Podcast, all the stuff that we have. Guys, if you're listening to this right now and you're going to be in D.C. October 19th, I will be doing one night at the D.C. Improv, and then the next night on the 20th, I'll be at the Philadelphia Punchline. All right. And if you're listening to this and you're in the UK, we added a show. Um, so this uh, Saturday night at 10 p.m. in London, I will be at 21 Soho performing there. There you have it. Those are our picks. Do not forget to download, okay, the BetMGM app. Use bonus code BURR. Couldn't be more simple. All right. And all you got to do is put a minimum of ten dollars you're gonna get up to a thousand dollars in free bets and even if it loses just make sure you put in the bonus code uh, b-u-r-r and you will be able to bet with that and get up to a thousand dollars which is phenomenal they have the best lines and i gotta tell you working with them these first two seasons has been an absolute pleasure so um check out those lines enjoy your nfl uh football sunday and monday and thursday for week number five and let's uh, let's see uh, if we can um, get some wins here and make you guys some money with the Monday Night Special as well. That is it for uh, for us. 